problem until you spoke into this microphone and you said that the Golden Lovers are the best tag team in the world. The Golden Lovers are not the best tag team in the world. The Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world. This is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chillin' let them have it because this is just an intro keeping the strong style six stars from the get-go boy yeah from tampa bay to the tokyo dome this is keeping it strong style with your host jeremy donovan and the young boy joshua smith and thank you for listening you're listening to keeping it strong style on the social suplex podcast network jeremy donovan alongside the young boy josh smith this this week we got a jam-packed show for you we'll be covering the fallout from honor (laughs) rising uh strong style evolved new japan cup participants make sure you support our show and the network by subscribing on your favorite podcast app leaving us the dave Meltzer five-star rating and checking all the park podcast archives out at socialsuplex.com if you go to socialsuplex.com forward slash subscribe you can sign up to get all our podcasts and columns delivered directly to your email inbox as soon as they are published and speaking of columns we want to give a quick shout out once again to jordan fox you can follow him on twitter at Fox, a podcaster, he dropped his first column for Social Suplex today called What Is This New Japan Thing? It is blowing up New Japan right right now. Um, Blowing up Social Suplex. Check it out. Share it. Um, Jordan's also going to be doing the New Japan on Access Weekly reviews on Social Suplex. Nice. So we'll be able to check that out and reference those on the show. Also, Jordan has a uh, weekly morning show coming out called The Good Brothers Podcast. Uh, Josh, I got us booked <laughs> on that show. We're going to be doing a run-in on, on that show at some point. And, yeah, um, I uh, have no foreknowledge about the fact we're going to be on this show. <laughs> Jeremy's like my agent now, and uh, we're going to and he, we're going to have him doing a run-in on here as well. So thanks, Jordan, for um, the fire column and keep it up, man. 
Yeah. Uh, speaking of getting booked, last night we were at Kaiju Big Battle, and your boys are getting over out here in these streets. Yeah, man. We had uh, people uh, recognizing us from the Wrestling Squared Circle, and we got uh, interviewed. Yeah, we got interviewed. And I was like, can we plug the show? And they're like, yeah. No, like, you, you, you guys run a show? I'm like, yeah, man. You don't know about keeping it strong stuff? It's Top. the Ace of Podcasts. Top talent out here, man. No, yeah, but um, I do have a, a little bit of an issue with what you said earlier in the uh, lead up to the show just now. You did a great opener, Jeremy, but um, you told everyone to leave the five-star Dave Meltzer review. I think we need to call it the Jim Cornette five-star review. He originated that that star rating system, and we need to pay due to the man, the myth, the legend, Jimmy Cornette. Jim Cornette. James E. Cornette. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Josh. Let's waste no time here. No, we've been wasting a lot of time. You yeah. guys have no idea how, like, usually we do these podcasts and it is flawless. Like, just so smooth in the ring, straight Randy Orton, Okada status. And tonight it has been a cluster. We've been bumbling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, who was who? Be a good comparison. Uh, like Ishii when he's selling. Yeah, we were bumbling around like Ishii selling. My God, uh, botching, uh, doing the job to my uh, crappy Dell laptop. Yeah, it's time to put that thing to rest, man. Yeah, I'm about to do my taxes and get that <laughs> MacBook Pro, son. Going to be recording that six-star audio for you guys. Also, tonight feels strange because in the past, we always recorded here at Strong Style Studios on my round table. And uh, unfortunately, I'm actually moving in uh, with Jeremy. <laughs> but uh, that's not the unfortunate part. The unfortunate part is that the, the era of the round table is now gone. We are currently sitting on an air mattress recording. Uh, Recording this show from a, I don't know, a coffee table. Yeah, in an empty apartment because I'm getting ready to move out of Strong Style Studios. This is the, here. the last, the last episode recorded at Strong Style Studios. Wherever I live is Strong Style Studios. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is Strong Style Studios One. Yeah, Part Two. <laughs> the Return. All right. So this past weekend we had uh, Honor Rising Japan 2018. Oh my God! What a show. One for the record books. <laughs> Legendary. <laughs> I mean, this makes the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Tag Team Cup Tournament look like it was child's play. I mean, this was incredible. Now I'm just playing. It was pretty good, though. Yeah, I mean, some decent matches on both nights. I mean, it was another solid card. Both I, nights. I did not like the Ring of Honor setup. The, like, and I don't, I don't get me wrong. I understand why they do it because when people come to Corican, just like when they come for like the CMLL shows, they want like the authentic like Ring of Honor presentation and the the authentic experience. But dude, I don't know. I don't like their ring. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like it felt so out of place seeing like turnbuckles in Corkin with on a New Japan show. I was I missed I missed the regular ring, man. You know it didn't bother me. It bothered me all too I'm much. I'm picky about weird stuff like that. Um, I mean, I thought it was fine. I, I didn't like I didn't look bad at eyelid actually at one bit. Yeah, I did. As soon as I saw it, I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> Minus five stars. No, it's fine. They did it. I think they did that last year, too. But it's, you know, what? I really, since we're on the subject, I don't like the Ring of Honor ring that they have now. 
Um, right, their old ring that they had like in 2002, like what? They, they had it for a while. It was like from like 03 or 04 to like 06 or 07. Seven, I think even 08 maybe. We're talking about the classic ring that was the black mat with the red outline, kind of like how New Japan has the white outline with the classic block ROH uh, logo. And dude, I thought that that presentation when they had that back then was so much more big league and professional looking than what they have now. Um, ever since like around the Jim Cornette like era, I haven't really dug the setup for the Ring of Honor ring, and I, I just want to make we're talking about Ring of Honor tonight, so I just figured I put the plug out like Ring of Honor, whoever's who who books Ring of Honor, I don't even know. Uh, Delirious. Okay, Delirious, and like who is it? Like Kerry Silken, and like I don't think Silken books. I think it's all Delirious. I don't. I don't. Who, I, whoever owns it, whoever's like the decision maker there, yeah. they need to take a look back at some of their. Uh, some of their uh, archives and change. Oh, as far as production stuff, yeah, maybe Silken, uh, Gary Gesture. Uh, you would know more than I would. <laughs> I yeah. just I missed that ring. Like all the great champions that were there and all the great matches I saw were were in that ring, and I want it back. It looks so much better than what they have now. It's weird that like NXT's like basically like stealing the gimmick of Ring of Honor, but their production and their rings look so much... It's like the same ring, but it just looks better than what what like Ring of Honor uses right now. I wish they would change it. Yeah. Like, clean it up. They got, like, freaking Sinclair broadcasting money behind them. Like, clean the freaking ring up. That's the thing. Like, Sinclair, yeah, does own it, but they don't... They don't not putting as much money as they could be behind the product. I think, like, every ring that TNA ever had, it looks better than the ring they have right now. That's true. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about these Honor Rising shows. So night one uh, opened up. We had Bad Luck Fale and the Tokyo Pimp Yujiro Takahashi uh, going against Toa Hanare and Kitamura. Su- the the super uh, young boy team. Yeah. Dude, this is a team that you wanted in the World Tag League. I liked them, actually. Yeah, I was going to tell you, dude, This they were pretty good as a team. Yeah, the match wasn't that great, but as a team, I was like, hey, I kind of dig this. Kitamura was a way better partner for Hanare than Togi Makabe. Yeah, they, they, I felt like they had better like chemistry. I don't know. There's just two, like, two young, really, really young lions who are like, really hungry, like just scratching their way. I don't know. I kind of dug that tag team. Plus, their styles complement one another because they're both so freaking hard-hitting, you know? I th- And I thought, like, they kind of made up for, for each other's, like, uh, shortcomings a little bit. I like the team a lot. Yeah, they're a really solid team. Um, probably one of the... We haven't even talked to... You and I have not had a discussion about these shows either. Right, usually Be- we... Before, this is happening live, so it's interesting that we yeah, have the same thought um, here. I was out of town um, this weekend, so I, like, binge-watched both nights uh, Saturday night. And I know you watched them one on Friday, one on Saturday, and we yeah. hadn't we hadn't had a chance to talk really. Um, we could have, we could have, but we were watching indie wrestling all day. We watched the Kaiju Big Battle. Oh yeah, and I was at that uh, that Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay Pro, Pro show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought they were a solid team, um, and our predictions we predicted that their that team was going to lose. Um, and the the real answer there, or the real question, was who's going to take the fall there, and we got the answer, Kitamura. Right. So once again, uh, it shows that New Japan sticks to their guns. If you are a young boy or a junior, 
you were taking the fall <laughs> in a tag match. The, the the nice thing there though is like when they're really pushing certain uh, young lions like Kitamura, and you see this a lot of times. They give or like you saw this with Hanari a lot in the in the uh, World Tag League. They let them fire up and get some big offense and really look good in the match against some veteran uh, talent. Which Kitamura towards the tail end looked like he could actually win. They give him some near falls. They end up taking a big finisher and kicking out of it so it makes them look strong right. and, and show their fighting spirit and then they get hit with one big finisher and they it's the same it's the same thing they do every time but it's a formula that really works and one thing I must say I do not like with Kitamura is him going for the suplex because I feel like if you can go for a suplex why would you not, just not jackhammer him was he suplexing guys in that match he suplexed Fale I, I guess he did, but I kind of forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he did that in a previous match, I believe, with either Nakanishi or Tenzon, where he's fighting for the soup. You think he's fighting for the jackhammer, but he's fighting for a suplex. Yeah. Like, at that point, like, you have him up. Just turn like turn in and jackhammer him. Well, he's a stupid baby face. That's tr- he's a young boy. <laughs> he's a young lion, and he's yeah, a stupid baby face. Yeah, he doesn't face. know any better. But yeah, that match was okay. I mean, nothing, like we said, it was just an opener, nothing to write home about. Fale hit him with the, uh, what is he called, the hand grenade? The grenade, yeah. The grenade, and that was it. One, two, three. They picked up the win. Good little match. Then next we had uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, Delirious, and Cheeseburger taking on the Nevers, oh, not all Never Six Man champs, but Tamatonga and Tangaloa, two thirds of the uh, Never Six Man Open champs, and their, quote, little brother, Hikaleo. Yeah, so, I mean, this was uh, pretty fun. Um, Bro, cheeseburger so over in Tokyo. Dude. <laughs> like, it's so crazy how over he is. Dude, that man is made for life. Yeah, like, bro, so, I don't know. Like, Japanese people love him, man, you know? Um, I I was popping every time he was hitting guys with shotes. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And then uh, one thing that, was, that I thought was funny in those matches was like, they would do the spot where he'd be in the corner and the guy tried to run towards him and he'd move out of the way. But like, it was so easy for him to dodge stuff because he's got so little like area to cover because he is so small. Like, Dude, yeah, he just has to sidestep and they just run into each other. It's hilarious. But um, it was a pretty entertaining match. It was you know kind of a comedy match. I mean, that's what you're gonna get with Delirious and Cheeseburger and Liger together, of course, in Japan. So I mean, yeah, it was and also like you know Tamatanga when he's like doing his like comedy stuff, he's hilarious. Oh. Like, yeah. What were you going to say? No, I'm saying, yeah, he's hilarious. And um, I got to say, for Hikaleo, this is probably the best he's looked so far this weekend. He looked really good both nights. Yeah, you said that before. I didn't pick up on it so much. I'm not disagreeing. I just wasn't, I don't know. These shows, I was kind of into him, but I wasn't, like, super paying attention. But, like, why did you think he looked so good? I mean, just compared to, like, the very first night we saw him, like, he looked with Darren the headlights, like he wasn't sure, like yeah, how to move around the ring and how to like control his body size and like it's completely like one eighty. He's still clunky. He's still clunky, but it's way better than when he first started. You can tell that he kind of has some ring awareness now. He's not completely um, giving guys moves. He's making them fight for it, which he should be doing with his uh, stature and size. Hikaleo is cool, but I miss Cody Hall. I miss the the OG young boy, boy. of the Bullet Club. Yeah. Uh, did you you heard when they were saying that um, that 
Tamatonga makes him uh, dress in the outside of the the bull club dressing room. Right. Yeah. In the hallway. Yeah. I was like, dang. <laughs> Tough love, man. He's getting the uh, who, who did they do that to? And getting the mystery. Yeah, the mystery, man. <laughs> but yeah, they they look good here. Obviously, we talked about we thought Hickleo was gonna take the fall here to set up the first night. One thing I thought about after this was I wish we would have looked when we were making our predictions last week. We would have looked at both cards together because sometimes I was making my decisions not based off of the following night. You know what I mean? And all these matches ran into each other. But in this case, we thought, well. You know, if Liger and Delirious and Cheeseburger are getting a title shot the next night, it would make the most sense for them to go over here, and they did. Right. Uh, I think, uh, what, Delirious? Wasn't it Delirious that uh, picked up the pinfall over Hikaleo? I think so, yeah. I don't even know what his finisher was, but he hit him with something. No, didn't he, like, cradle him up, roll him up? Oh, yeah, he might have just cradled him. Yeah. I forgot. It was a roll, some kind of roll up. This was an okay match. It was fun. I mean,. It was probably the weakest match on the card, in all honesty. But uh, you know, nothing super notable. But it set up, it was a nice little like storyline set up the the uh, never six man title match for the next night. Then we had the Young Bucks taking on Juice Robinson and David Finley. This was pretty much a Young Bucks highlight match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was kind of what we expected. I thought because these two teams are both so good that we could get something better and I'm sure we could if given more time and a real story and everything like that but this was just a standard Young Bucks by the numbers match they got in all their regular spots Uh, I popped um, I I think it was uh, Matt that was like let's do one of our badass tag team moves (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why they're cussing so much those are good Christian boys (laughs) But yeah, they, they were popping me the whole match. They were they were talking like the whole match. Yeah, and in that quiet crowd, you could kind of hear everything they're saying, which they're was like, pretty funny. See ya. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes like that stuff's cool. Sometimes it, I don't know. I'm not as big on it, but yeah, I, it's cool. It's the Bucks. The Bucks are the Bucks. But um, and this match, uh, Melter Driver. Yeah, they end up hitting the Melter Driver on, on Dave. David Finley. Of course. <laughs> I mean. What's like at this point? Like, I w- actually, I watched this match with uh with Rich and Rich's like, what's he's <laughs> he's like, what's Juice's uh you know what's his gimmick? And I was like, Juice fucks. <laughs> I was like, that's that's his gimmick, man. He you know he's out there getting it. Like, oh man, yeah, he's uh, that's his whole gimmick, bro. Slaying those ring rats. Apparently, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's disrespectful. Don't don't say that, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're fine upstanding women. In fact, they probably aren't even fans. They're probably just women he's meeting out in Tokyo. They don't even know out, what he out, does. Out in Rapungi. Out in Rapungi. They see a guy and young man with the, with the dreads, <laughs> and they're like, ooh. <laughs> but yeah, so the Bucks picked up the win here, which was kind of notable because you know it's a heavyweight. Technically, I mean, it's a heavyweight tag team. Right. So this was kind of foreshadowing what was going to come later on this weekend. Yeah. So I mean, this is a this is a good win for the Bucks, and it was quick. You know, fun little match. Nothing that was blow away, but he was good. Then up next, we had Flip, 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 <laughs> Flip Gordon taking on uh, Takahashi and Kushida in a three-way. So this was very good. This was awesome, dude. We saw Flip Gordon for the first time a few months ago at uh, Ring of Honor taping, and we were impressed then, and I continue to be impressed every time I see this guy wrestle. Yeah, uh, Flip Gordon's like... The new Ricochet, man. Like, he's on a different level when it comes to aerials and athleticism. Yeah. It's it's kind of crazy, actually, like, the and stuff dude, he can do. 
I was loving how over he was with that Kurgan crowd. Yeah, I don't think they even knew who he was, or if they did. I mean, that was the first. Well, time. they're a pretty smarky crowd. I don't know if they like know him from being the elite or not, but. I don't know if they really, like, knew him, knew him prior to this match, but, I mean, everybody knew him by the time it was over. Right, I mean, they were chanting his last name, they were chanting Gordon, they were chanting Flip, like, he was super over in this match. This crowd was really, like, it was a smarky crowd. They were doing a lot of, like, North American chants. They were doing the Ring of Honor chants. Yeah, yeah. so they were, like, they must, like, watch the product some somewhat, which is kind of cool. But, man. Yeah, I mean, they've been partnered for, what, like, four or five years now? Yeah, but but how long has Flip been with them? A year? About a year, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, he came out of nowhere. I didn't before we went and saw him in uh, Lakeland. I'd never heard of him. I didn't even know who he was, and he's just he's he's incredible. Yeah, he's awesome, and um, like I predicted, uh, Flip got the win here. They're gonna shine this man up, get him ready for best of the Super Juniors. Yeah, so that's now let's not take anything away because you're you're just talking about Flip. You're like you didn't even mention who he wrestled in this match. Like <laughs> this so. was this was the Flip Gordon show. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he wrestled, you know, two top juniors, two of the best, Takahashi and Kushida. Yeah, so he wrestled uh, Hiromu, Takahashi, and uh, Kushida, and I thought that this match was actually very good. I thought they acquitted themselves very well also. So it wasn't like... The thing is, it's just Flip is so, like, fantastic. He really just stood out here uh, with a lot of the stuff he was doing. Which I think this was the point of this match. To, like, to showcase him. Showcase Flips, because we're going to see him in the best of the Super Junior. Um, based off what happened on night two, it looks like there's going to be a rivalry between him and Takahashi. They'll probably meet each other in best of the Super Juniors and rival each other throughout the rest of this year. Hiromu's going to beat that bum. He's going to get his win back. Oh, my God. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, this was very, very good. I thought, you know, it ended a little... I mean, it was a short match. It wasn't anything that was, like, you know, super epic. It got, you know, how long did they go? Like, 12, 12, 13, 12 went, to 15, I think. Yeah, 30, 13 minutes. But it was it was just the perfect length to just get, get the stuff in and showcase what Flip could do. To, I mean, Flip was doing some... I don't even know what to call it. Like, he was doing crazy stuff. And he works, like, a Flippy style that's not even so much just, like... You know, um, like lucha based, but he does like a lot of North American, like junior heavy, like flippy stuff. Flip stuff. It's really, really cool. Um, I dug this match a lot. I mean, I thought, I don't know, like triple threats are cool. You don't see a lot of them in in uh, New Japan, but um, yeah, I mean, it was it was cool. There was there was one counter. He did a counter to the time bomb that was really crazy. Do you remember that? Um, I think he started going to the time bomb, and then he did some sort of like weird, like flippy trip. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was cool. And then he did that um off the top rope. He did that like spinning sling blade out of midair, and I, that was that popped. Dude, like, that was sick. I didn't even know what that. I'd never seen that before. Neither have I. So yeah, but uh, and then um he's he's um he does like a moon salt like Death Valley driver thing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but this was very good, and uh, obviously they are starting to. Uh, hopefully, Flip is. I'm expecting like Flip. He looks so good. I'm sure he's probably going to be back for best of the Super Juniors. Uh, Not probably. He will be. I mean, uh, I'm, calling, I'm calling it right now. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you've been saying that though, so that I mean, how good is a? Uh, can you imagine like a? Uh, Volador Junior and Flip Gordon match. Oh my gosh, dude! That'd be really good, huh? 
So yeah, so Flip looked great here. Uh, not to take anything away anything away from Kushida and Takahashi. Takahashi, but they kind of took a back seat and let him get all his stuff in, and he got the big win over Hiromu in Corkin in his debut, which is kind yeah, of a big deal. Yeah, I thought they would pin Kushida for sure. I think, well, remember I talked about this last week where I said, you know, Takahashi just came off of a loss, and, you know, he could have pinned Kushida, it would have been fine, but I mean, at this point, it doesn't really damage either guy too much to really take the fall, because they both are coming off losses recently. I mean, I don't think... I don't think Kushida lost recently, but he's been in multi-man matches. Kind of he, cool he hasn't done jacks on Trestle Kingdom. Not really. Yeah, he's just been in multi-man matches. So, I mean, either way, it's it's fine. Um, but Flip looked great. Yeah, he did. This is like the second best match on the show, too. Yeah. Uh, next up, six-man action. We had uh, Switchblade, Jay White, the best friends, Chucky T and Trent Beretta, taking on the Ring of Honor world champ, Dalton Castle. Jay Lethal and Taguchi, the pervert. <laughs> <laughs> so this was okay. I mean, you got um, you know Dalton Castle with his like t-shirt on, you know his house show attire. Jay Lethal came. I mean, they all they did their stuff. I thought this might actually end up being better than it ended up being. It was kind of a letdown to some degree for me. Yeah. Um. I mean, it was just a letdown in general that we talked about this last week that Jay didn't have a one-on-one match either night. Yeah. Um, I feel like he was underutilized in this card. I mean, Ring. I felt like the whole card was underutilized with some of the talent that Ring of Honor has that they didn't decide to bring along just in general. Right. You know, it's really strange some of the guys that they did decide to bring versus other, you know, some of the other talent they have. Right. So, yeah, I mean, nothing too special about this match. I mean, the, the big story... You know, was that it was setting up Trent and Dalton for the next night. I kind of, I think we talked about it. I think we hypothesized that Trent would probably pick up a win over like Taguchi. It didn't really end up working out that way. I think it was Jay White ended up what hit him with the sling blade. Yeah, he hit the switch blade. The yeah, sling blade on. Uh, it's not the sling switch blade. blade or the Blade Runner. The Blade Runner, man. Yeah. Oh my wow, god! Wow, we're botching. Uh, blade Runner on Taguchi. Taguchi. So yeah, he took out Taguchi, and then I think there was a, a stare off between Trent and Dalton Castle for the next right. night. Well, Trent didn't do much in this match because he went in here with a torn bicep and a torn pec. Yeah, he was all taped up in this match, so that was one Wrestling thing. against doctor's orders. Yeah, so that was, you know, that kind of plays, and we'll talk about, more, about that more on night two, but this was just a standard six-man tag. I was interested, and I've been interested, every time Jay White comes out, I'm always interested to see how he is going to interact with the other Chaos members, and it's like he's a non-entity in Chaos. He's like he's there and he's on a team but he's like an outside man yeah it's almost like them just teaming with somebody random yeah exactly it's not like it's not like when you see like I don't know Trent teaming up with like Yoshihashi and like Goto right or something like that you kind of know he's like part of chaos and there's like a camaraderie but like White's getting his own entrance he's got his own attire he doesn't celebrate with the guys he's just there to do business he's on the same team as them but that's about it so it's very interesting. Like I, he hardly interacted with best friends at all. Right. Yeah. I was thinking. I was hoping for some comedy spots of like them trying to hug him. There wasn't really a lot of comedy spots. Too much. I mean, the best friends did some comedy stuff, but not not a ton. Right. So hmm. this was fine. I mean, it set up Trent and you know Dalton for the next night, basically, and you know Taguchi took the pin. Hmm. Um, I don't. Who did we? Is that who we both predicted was? Uh, 
We predicted the uh, yeah chaos team. I think win. we I think we got pretty much every match right except for I thought Kushida was going to pick up the win over Flip Gordon for some weird reason because I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then up next we had the never open weight championship match Goto defended against Bear City Bruiser and you know we talked about last week you know I was not thrilled about this match but it was better than I expected Bear City Bruiser uh, you thought it was going to be terrible I thought this match was going to be see a, it wasn't that good but it, you thought it was going to be awful. I thought it was going to be a dud I mean it wasn't really a dud but it wasn't anything to write home about either. it was like two and a half it was like three stars yeah. it's fine um, it was fine it was fine <laughs> Goto versus Spear City Bruiser is fine <laughs> <laughs> no but one thing that I'll tell you what though bro Man, if I was on the front row and Beer City Bruiser spit that freaking beer on me, yo, it's shooting. It's I'm not even joking, bro. It's one of those things that literally pisses me off so bad. Like to think of someone come up and spitting something on me, like wrestler or not. Whew, man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Lance Archer. I'm never going to Corkin. Like, and if I do, I'm not sitting on the front row. Right. Like it's just not now. Like that New Japan just lets this crap fly. Like, nah, it's not. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. It's, it's something that really actually pissed me off. Like, I don't know how, how the fans were, like, enjoying that, letting that big fat dude spit on them, spit that disgusting beer. My god. Thank god, also, there was no beads in this match. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. How about Goto versus Beer City Bruiser was better than Goto and Evil? It was. Yeah, it was, probably. If, if not about the same, and I mean, that's pretty terrible to say that. Because there was no heat for either match. Nah, I don't think, I don't think that Beer City Bruiser as a gimmick really translates to, like, Japan that much. They didn't really seem to care. I mean, to them, it's just another big, fat, white guy. I guess, yeah. That hits hard. I mean, he could have probably, like, I don't know, got himself over by, if he would have done, like, crazier stuff, like, done the whole, like, Stan Hansen routine. I think, if anything, um, Sammy Callahan shows me that, like, if you'll just come out as a gaijin and throw chairs, you'll get over. You'll get over. <laughs> <laughs> so he could have done the Terry Funk or, like, the uh, Stan, Hansen. Stan Hansen, like, routine and gone crazy, but he, he didn't. So, I mean, I've learned already that's the key to getting over as a gaijin in Japan. You just, I mean, look at Jericho. Right. You just go crazy. <laughs> just because you got to do crazy crap. But so yeah, this the, match was okay. It was fun. What it was whatever. To, what, uh, how about Beer City Bruiser coming off the top rope and uh, hitting that? Oh, frog splash? Yeah, he like almost destroyed his kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Oh but uh, what, God. Goto hit him with what? The GTR? GTR, yeah. Yeah, that was it. So, Goto retains his title, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, the main event of this night, we had the American Nightmare Cody, the villain Marty Skrull, and Hangman Page. Going against the Golden Lovers, Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, and the honorary Tongan, Chase Owens. Yeah, so this was like the only match leading up to it that really had a lot of intrigue, a lot of heat. And leading up to this, even though we've kind of said, yeah, everything was fine on this card, there was nothing really... I don't know. The pacing of the of the card didn't really leave me feeling like, man, this is a really good card. You know what I mean? And towards the end of it, I started like snoozing out after the like that six man with chaos, and then after the Goto match, I was like, Ugh, not really feeling this card. Even though the matches were just okay, but this match turned things around. This was a very, very, very good six man tag. Yeah, I mean, you had this. This match was full of top talent. 
Um, crowd was super hot for this match. The first time the Golden Lovers are back together. Bro, how about them coming out and just Smiley Kenny? Yeah. Smiley Kenny, baby, baby face Kenny. Kenny. Um, but dude, they were just awesome. Yeah, they popped like crazy when they came out. And Don Callis calling it. He's like, my God, the people are rushing. <laughs> They're rushing the rails just to like touch the, them. Like the Beatles. <laughs> like the Beatles. <laughs> uh, and uh, Chase Owens, man. We've been on the Chase Owens bandwagon for a while now, but he was he performed very well in this main event matchup. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that was noticeable about Chase Owens in this match, he was like the utility player. Every time he got in the ring, he's he's so good, man. But obviously, the crowd was not into him, so you could there was like an audible difference for how hot the crowd was when Kenny Okada was in the ring versus when he'd get in. I mean, it was like they would die, but he was still so good, man. He's so good. Like I, I love Chase Chase Owens. Like it's it's kind of getting insane at this point. <laughs> and then uh, Marty Skrull, he had uh, the gray hair, all the stress from this <laughs> Bullet Club Civil War has grayed out the villain. Yeah, so they we'll talk more about being the elite. Cause they just came out with a new episode last night, but uh, um, you know. He, when he came out with the gray, I just thought it was part of the gimmick. I didn't realize, like, they're trying to get over the idea that he's actually, quote-unquote, graying. Right. <laughs> so that, w- that was pretty funny. But, um, yeah, I mean, him, Hangman, and Cody came out. Cody, w- on the first night, did Cody have the gear that said leader on it? Yeah. Yeah, so that was, like, that he, was really. He had the gear both nights. Yeah, he, but it was different gear, wasn't it? Or was it the same gear? I thought it was the same. I don't remember. But, yeah, he came out with his, his new gear on, and it had leader on it. Which was uh, kind of a, a slap to the face of Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, uh, you know, Hangman was out there and and Skrull, and let's talk about the match, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of great maneuvers. I mean, the whole story of this match was seeing Kenny and Coda tag for the first time, uh-huh. and that was denied. Yeah, um, Chase Owens would tag in with Kenny. He cut off that first tag. Then you would have like Cody and Hangman rush the ring to make sure they didn't tag. Yeah, they kept cutting it off and like not paint it off, so that the anticipation was like building and building for like the tags between uh, Kenny and Kota Bushi, and you know people wanted to see them do like their signature stuff. You know, right? Which yeah, in which... the beginning part of the match you weren't really seeing too much of. Right. At one point, I mean, they didn't tag in, but there was one point where they were both in the ring. You know how the tag rules are in New Japan. They were both in the ring. We got to see the cross slash, which is a double golden triangle moonsault. That was cool. Um, they did a um, power bomb to a German combo. Yeah, they did. I thought that that was really cool, like really inventive. One thing I liked about this match was the in the beginning how uh, like a lot of it wasn't really Kenny interacting with Hangman or uh, Cody. It was mostly Kota Bushi and um, and Chase. And then at one point. They tagged in Marty, and they're like, get in there, and you fight Kenny. Yeah, come you're, on. You're part of this match, too. <laughs> and, like, you could tell he was very hesitant. He didn't want to get in the ring. He didn't want to fight Kenny. And when they started wrestling, it was straight-up scientific just locks and holds and takeovers and head lock takedowns, things like that. And very, very, very scientific. It was good. It was like, I, I, me and Rich were sitting there and I was like, wrestling! <laughs> uh, but then it got to the point where um, 
Marty, they ended up like turning it up and it started getting heated. And then Marty ended up at a point grabbing Kenny's fingers. Right. Like he was going to break it. Right. And Chase is like, no. He's like, like no. Marty, 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 don't do it. Don't do it, Marty. <laughs> don't. And then there was also the spot where. And so, he didn't do it. He didn't do it that night. Yeah. And then there was a spot where Cody led uh, the Terminator dive spot. Like he, you know, went in the Terminator pose and Hangman followed him and they were trying to get it. Marty to do it. Marty wouldn't do it. Marty like wasn't going to do it. And then he got down like he was going to do it. But then he didn't, he didn't dive with them. Right. And then he ended up doing his own dive. His after super that. kick spot. Yeah. Thing. Super kick spot. So there was like this internal conflict between, you know, what Marty was like wanting to do and, you know, who whose allegiance he was really with, but still like having to be a competitor and still having to go for the win. Uh, But every time him and Kota Bushi would go at it, it was like heat. Like there was no holding back between them. They were like striking each other and stuff. So um, what ended up? How did this match end up like? I do remember that we got like the first in ring like uh, contacts between Kenny and Coda or uh, Kenny, Kenny and Cody. Cody. That was awesome. It was very good. That, every every time they interacted. If that's any sign of what we're gonna see at um, Supercar Super of Honor. Then dude, we're in for a very good match. And the ending of this match, it was. Uh, I know Chase took the fall. Yeah, was it Hangman Page that got the win on Chase? I actually. Don't remember. Is that terrible? Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can't remember. I don't, all I remember. I've got it. Let me see how this match ended up. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, Paige in. Uh, he hits Ibushi with a uh, Hurricane Rana and Marty. Um, head kick on Paige. Owens went back in and hit a double clothesline on Paige for two. Paige countered out of the package pile driver. And uh, hit Owens with a rebound lariat, and then he picked him up for the with the rite of passage and got the one two three. Right, yeah. So I figured it was uh, it was Hangman. Hangman. So Hangman came out. Oh, that's right. You know what? We sh- how do how could we possibly forget forget that's right, the whole angle because the angle afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Because um, usually in New Japan, the guy that wins the match closes out the show, but then after the match, there was a big brawl, and um, then Cody ended up doing the closing promo. And then backstage, Hangman was like, "Dude, you took my moment." Yeah. So I mean, the whole the whole entire time, like the basically the story was that like, you know, basically Marty was conflicted and didn't know whose side he was on and what he wanted to do. While the whole time, Cody's just being a douchebag, <laughs> right? And uh, just stirring stuff up between everybody. And then you have Hangman who. I think Hangman, like I said before, he's an opportunist. So it's like, yes, he's with Cody, but like, I think he's just trying to make his way and make his name for himself. And, you know, that's what it was about when he went to go challenge for the title before. And on this night, he got the big win against Chase. And so after he got the the win and after the brawl and everything, Cody ended up grabbing the microphone and cutting a scathing promo on uh, Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega. Yeah. And he started talking about – at one point he said uh, – <laughs> he was like, Kota Ibushi is nothing more than Kenny Omega's rat. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. Oh, man, yeah. And I was like, this this storyline's weird. <laughs> Dude, this storyline is very weird. For sure when we get to night two. And then um, – I thought I'd turn the, the sound down for this thing, but every every time I get a notification on my iPad, it still makes a sound. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, and then, like, uh, freaking Don Callis being, like, 
Kevin, what's a rat? And like Kevin didn't want to say what it was. And yeah. he's like, no, seriously, answer the question. What's a rat? He's like, you know what a rat is. And uh, Cody ended up walking over to the table and he was like, Kevin, you don't know what a rat is? He's like, why don't you ask your friend here, the rat king? <laughs> Oh, my God. But, yeah, he basically uh, said that. Like, oh, and then, I mean, the big declaration was basically that Cody said, the Bullet Club is fine, fine. And the Bullet Club is mine. Yeah. So he pretty much declared himself as the leader of the Bullet Club. And that there's not, he's basically saying there's not enough room for him and Kenny Omega both in the Bullet Club. And that he's the real leader. Right. And there's not. And I think we were wrong on this night because you said that... Uh, yeah, I said that the Golden Lovers were going to win. The Golden Tongans. <laughs> so the Golden Tongans were going to win. The Tongan Lovers. The Tongan Lovers, yeah. And dang it. Anyways. Yo, Rich, we're trying to do a podcast. Stop sending us freaking pictures of Bundle of Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's that? What Bundle of Brittany? Uh, look it up, kids. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think you thought that uh, the Golden Lovers were going to get, you know, their first big win their first night back and have the feel-good moment. Right. And uh, I guess I kind of agreed, but I just sort of thought... No, you were, you were kind of leaning more towards them losing. I was, but I thought they were going to lose definitely one of the two nights. I just figured it would probably be the second night. Got you. And so I'm pretty sure I picked wrong here, too. But this match was good. It was like four stars. Yeah, definitely. Very, very good. Best thing on the card by far. It's the only thing that's like really worth going out of your way to check out. So that no, was night you, one. You go check out that Flip Gordon match. Too. It is okay. It's, I mean, it was good, but I mean, it's not anything that you haven't seen Flip Gordon do in other matches. Right, but um, the people who are new. Yeah, if you don't know Flip Gordon, you don't watch Ring of Honor, and you're a New Japan fan, you, you want to see that match. Yeah. All right, so night two. Uh, kicked off with uh, Bear City Bruiser uh, taking on Hinare. Oh my God! <laughs> and this match was not... this was this was way rougher than the Goto match. Yeah, and we know we questioned whether Hinare was at the status to actually get a pinfall here. No, nope. <laughs> yeah, so I mean he, they brought him in to do the job and let Beer City Bruiser get his win back. Yeah, Beer City hit the frog splash on him. That was awesome. Squashed that man. Literally. That was awesome. Literally. <laughs> yeah, as soon as he did that, it was like game time. But they didn't even have like any like teased like spots. It was like a pretty. Yeah. I mean, it was a squash almost, like a, a little Dude, small I'm extended s- squash. I, I do not like Hanare's gimmick. We talked about. I it. know it's, but it's. I don't like it either. It's so obnoxious. Like, We've talked about it to death. Like, yeah, we don't. They need to do something different with him. This was short, too. It was, like, only four minutes. Yes. Very, very short. I mean, nothing really. Beer City Bruiser. I don't know why Beer City Bruiser is the guy that they decided to highlight on this card when they got Silas Young and Punishment Martinez and ACH and Kenny King. No, ACH is not a ring of honor anymore. Oh, okay. Well, they got Kenny King. King, Same thing. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Is Is that messed up? Yeah. They're both high flyers. That's the only thing they have in common that... This is not racial. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. They are kind of similar, though. Yeah, they are. They got Scorpio Sky. They got the Addiction. You know, they got a lot of guys. Motor City Machine Guns. Motor City Machine Guns. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why it was Beer City Bruiser. I mean, I, I kind of, you know, talked about how good he is and stuff, but I mean... They, they really highlighted him on these two cards. We'll get onto that more. But, yeah, they gave him a big win here. He squashed Inare. 
It is what it is. He was yeah. spitting all over the crowd again, pissing yeah, me off. Cheap cigar. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Next up, we had uh, Finley, Juice, and Jay Lethal taking on the Bullet Club team of Hikaleo, Chase Owens, and Yujiro Takahashi. Yeah, so I think I was uh, surprised here because I think I picked the Bullet Club just because it was Finley and yeah, it was Finley. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, usually when David Finley's on your team, that's an automatic L. That's like when you hit um, Simulate in the the, the SmackDown games. Like, you hit Simulate with David Finley, it's an automatic L. Um... But I kind of figured, like, once I got done watching Night 1, I figured they were going to win. Because you, you can't bring Jay Lethal to Japan and job him out twice. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, but it was multi-man matches, so I didn't think... I mean, obviously, he's not going to take the pinfall. He's a protected guy. But, yeah, I mean, this match was nothing really special either. I mean, it was just... It was a match. Um, you know, it happened. Bullet Club, you know, attacked them before the bell. You know, it was kind of a schmoz of a match. Yeah, I mean, nothing really special here. Uh, I think it, a lot of the time it was just like they kept teasing that Jay Lethal was going to hit the uh, lethal, lethal injection. injection. Uh, I believe he got the, he got the one with the hail to the king, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, so yeah, basically like Finley hit Hikaleo with the stunner, and then uh, he got he he like stayed standing. He got hit with the pulp friction, and then he, he got, got hit with the hail to, to the, the king, king, which is an elbow drop, which is nice because uh, I don't think Jay Lethal gets a lot of victories off that move. Right, it's kind of just a signature near fall, near false, fall, move. false finish move. Yeah, but it was enough to put that young boy down. <laughs> Uh, next up, we had the LIJ team of Bushi and Takahashi taking on the coach, Taguchi, and Flip Gordon. Yeah, so this was good. Um, we pre- I predicted this one, right? I don't remember what you predicted. Um, I was pretty sure I was on the Flip bandwagon. Did you? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I predicted Flip winning. Yeah, I'm, I predicted Hiromu and Bushi just because... They work so good together. Yeah, that's what you said on the last show, too. But no, I mean, that is true. But the, the main reason is just because uh, I think the junior tag division needs more challengers. And you know what? I wish I would have thought more about this because if I thought Takahashi was going to win tonight or that night, I would have probably predicted that um, Flip would have won the night before. I wasn't even thinking about right. it. Yeah, I didn't even really like put two to two together they were in the same match like yeah, back we, to back we should have thought about that but yeah I mean I didn't think Flip was going to get two wins in a row in Japan I didn't even think he was going to get the first win to be honest with you but uh, yeah I mean this was this was fun I mean it was just a sprint of a match you know but like four juniors well you know I don't even know if Taguchi's still a junior at this point. I think he's. I think he is. He is, but I, I mean, like he's in that Tai Chi like status. He really shouldn't be. Right. Um, again, you know, awesome moves from all these guys, especially Flip. Takahashi got his win back here on Flip, and they had like a little stare off after the match. So, like I mentioned earlier, I believe we're gonna get a Takahashi Flip Gordon rivalry this year. I really like that Doomsday MX that they did. Oh yeah, that was tight. That's a really cool move. I like that a lot for them as their finisher. Um, so that was really really cool. So yeah, this was this was very good. Uh, just you know, everyone was really motivated and was, they were sprinting and just doing dives and flipping and. Good match, really good match, and I mean, it's, it kind of heats up Bushi and Hiromu to move forward in the junior division in the in the meantime. So that's good. Yeah. 
Then uh, next up, we had the Ring of Honor six-man tag champs, the Hung Bucks, the Young Bucks and Hangman Page, taking on Chucky e. T, Yoshihashi, and I don't think that, I don't think that was the next match. Oh, my bad. I skipped the never openweight six-man tag championship match. The uh, Gorillas of Destiny, Tama Tonga and Tangaloa, and the underboss, Bad Luck Fale, defending their titles against... Uh, cheeseburger, Delirious, and Jushin Thunder Liger. This was like a nine-minute match, and I was marking really hard for it. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I I like I like Cheeseburger and these like multi-man like these six-man tags that he does in Japan. I like them, bro. <laughs> uh, I'm sure like a wrestling purist like watches these matches and would like scoff at it and think it was terrible, but. I, I thought it was really entertaining. I mean, it wasn't anything that we haven't seen from, uh, you know, from Bullet Club and from, you know, the OG Bullet Club and all that. But this was really good, I thought. Yeah, it was a, you know, very good match, very entertaining. Um, I wish Delirious put some shoes on, though. Right. Uh, hilarious. Anytime Cheeseburger was in there trying to get offense on these guys and, like, especially, oh my God, him and Fale, I was dying, dude. Every time he would interact with Fale, just like, because he was trying to hurt Fale, and Fale just like, just no selling everything, and like the dichotomy between like the size difference in those guys was hilarious. Yo, oh my gosh. It's crazy how that cheeseburger is a professional wrestler. Yeah, how is he a professional wrestler? <laughs> <laughs> like, who, who looked at this guy and was like, this kid's money? Well, he went to the ROH dojo. I know he did, but still. I well, mean, he's over though. How many people do you know that's like have gone to dojos and like trained to be a wrestler and like they're not obviously wrestling and things like that? And this kid's over in like Tokyo, Japan, like living living his dream. Like he's a superstar, bro. Yeah, it's hilarious. He's like the tiniest wrestler ever. Like I remember a time when I thought like one, two, three kid was like the puniest guy I've ever seen. Yeah, like cheeseburger's way smaller than that. Yeah, dude. Like I'm like I'm surprised he doesn't break in half after like, taking bumps. How? What do you think he weighs? Like 120, 125. Yeah, bro. Soaking wet. It's it, he's small, man. <laughs> it's like, crazy, dude, dude. We're bigger than him, but like, I'm bigger than a lot of wrestlers. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm ready for a run, brother. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, you know, uh, basically, I think Delirious took the. Oh yeah, Cheeseburger got got finished with the uh, the tongue and twist. Which I found out that is what they call that move, the Tongan Twist. No, the Tongan Twist is uh, Tamatonga's finisher. That's the Guerrilla Warfare. Oh, gotcha. Okay. You're right. So they hit him with the Guerrilla Warfare, put him, put him down one, two, three. Yeah. And that we got the end of the run of Team Fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, these guys have held on to these never open weight tag titles for a little while now. I'm kind of surprised. I mean, these titles change hands a lot. Very quickly, yeah. They haven't really defended against anyone that could, like, reasonably take it from them, I suppose. Right. We mentioned that last week. Like, this team was not a serious threat. Like, if they had thrown out, like, machine guns and, like, Jay Lethal, I would have been like, hmm, maybe they could win. Yeah. But... Or, heck, what, um, SoCal Uncensored, uh, the team of Daniels, Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. Kingdom? Kingdom, yeah. Yeah, like, where's Matt Taven? Why wasn't he on this show? Right. But anyway, so, yeah, that's what we got there. Uh, nice little fun match. I, I, it probably wasn't 
the best match on the show. Oh, it definitely wasn't, but I don't know. I really like this match. Yeah. So uh, now we have the Hung Bucks against Chaos. Um, Hung Bucks, like I mentioned, the ROH six-man champions. The titles were not on the line on this match. I don't know why they were not. Um, but um, the Hung Bucks, they work really well together in this yeah. match. Yeah, so I mean, um, there was nothing that was like crazy in this match. I mean, it was just kind of an all-action you know, multi-man New Japan match. Everybody got their stuff in. Everyone was, work, you know, kind of firing in all cylinders. It was like by the numbers, like you know what you usually see with the New Japan multi-man match. Uh, but I think the big story here was the continuing feud between uh, Hangman Page and Jay White, and him kind of pursuing the U.S. title. Right. Yeah, it's pretty much yeah heating up Hangman Page for Long Beach, getting him ready for the number one contendership. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, there was a lot of, like, false finishes and different spots and a lot of saves. I, uh, towards the end, it got to a point where uh, Hangman Page was uh, caught in the... What is it called? Oh, my God. I keep forgetting Jay White's finisher. I want to call it the Twist of Fate. Uh, the Blade Runner. It, it, he should call it the Twist of Fate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because nobody uses that name. The Blade Runner is a stupid name. I don't... I like... I like the way he land. He, he does that move much better than uh, Bray, Bray Wyatt does, but yeah. I don't like the name of it. But anyways, he hits him with the Blade Runner. Also, when I think of Blade Runners, I think... Uh, the movie? No. Oh, I love that movie. It's one of my all-time <laughs> favorites. But no, uh, in wrestling terms, I think of Warrior and Sting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Blade Runners. Yeah. That's the first thing that pops in my mind. I think of Power Team USA. <laughs> but... uh <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he caught him in the uh, Blade Runner, and then the hunk, the the Young Bucks ended up making the save. They hit him with the super kick, and he eventually got caught into the, the left or the what's right it, the of passage. Right of, yeah, the right of passage. Yeah, and he got hit with the right of passage, and I was like, wow, that's game time. I did not think that Jay White was taking a pinfall in this multi-man match. I I think we did pick. Did who did we pick to win this? I match? think I think we picked the Hung Bucks. Um, but I think we were saying maybe Yoshihashi or Chucky e. T would have been pinned. Yeah, so I mean, this was also very strange too. Like seeing Chuck Taylor and like Yoshihashi and Jay White all team together, it's like this is not chaos. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Even though it is, it's like not. watching them, like those are like three of the most different guys that they could possibly put together. It's very weird pairing, but um, I mean they they had a decent match, but yeah, so. You know, essentially, Hangman Page gets the win, and then he starts to go on an attack, like he's going to attack Jay White. Right, and the Young Bucks uh, stop him. They pull a chair out of his hands, so he doesn't need to do it. He's like, yeah, you're right. Young Bucks leave. Hangman gets another chair and uh, drops Jay, gives the, the rights, what is it, the, the right to pass, right of passage, right of passage um, onto Jay White on a chair. Yeah. So, and what the Young Bucks had left at that moment, right? right? Yeah, they were gone. So, I mean, that really kind of, again, forwards like this inner dissension between, you know, the Bucks and the other members of, you know, the Bullet Club, basically. Right. Kind of showing like that there's a difference in opinion and a difference in like philosophy. Right. The Young Bucks are leaning more towards Kenny's philosophy of just wanting to prove that 
They're the best. The best wrestlers in the world. While Hangman Page falls at the old school bullet club mentality. Well, I think the thing is he just wants to, he's going to do whatever it takes to, to be the best to right. win. You know what I mean? Right. If, that, if, that, if that means taking a mofo out with a chair, then that's what it, that's what it comes down to. You know what I mean? Right. And so, I mean, uh, yeah, but it was very interesting because I don't think we've seen any tension between uh, Hangman and the Bucks before. No, we haven't. I'm, I'm guessing those six-man tag titles are coming off them very soon. Yeah. Like, probably in the next show or so. Maybe the... I'm not sure what the anniversary... Uh, Ring of Honor anniversary lineup is looking like. Uh, I, I don't know what their schedule's like. I mean, they they could lose it on TV. I mean, right. pretty soon. They're they're definitely dropping those I, belts. I think they're defending against uh, SoCal Uncensored, actually, at the inter- anniversary. Then they're losing, they're losing those titles. Yeah. For sure. Um... Yeah, so that'll be interesting. So next up, we had the Ring of Honor World Championship uh, being defended. Originally, it was defended. Uh, it was supposed to be uh, Dalton Castle defending against Beretta. Who were the boys? Uh, I don't know. One of them looked, kind of looked like Taguchi a little bit. <laughs> um, I wasn't sure who the boys were. Um but, um, yeah, so it was supposed to be just Dalton Castle versus Beretta one-on-one, but um, Bear City Bruiser came out and said that he wanted to be part of this matchup, and, you know, we found out the reason for this. I think he started, like, attacking Dalton Castle. They started, right. like, brawling. Well, he, he grabbed the mic first and said he wanted to be in the match, and then he attacked Castle. And then basically, um, like, Dalton Castle's like, if that's what it takes, we'll make this a three-way right, right now. Being a dumb baby face and interjecting another challenger in your title match. But in all reality, what was really going on here is that Trent Beretta's hurt. Right. Like, like we mentioned bad. earlier, he has a torn bicep, same injury as Tana, and he also has a torn pec. Yeah. So he's going to be out for a long time, and they didn't even really want him wrestling in this match whatsoever, but... He was there. He wanted to fulfill the match. He wanted to be in it. So he really didn't do much in this match at all. It was really mainly like um, Castle and uh, Bruiser. You know, I got to be honest. I wasn't paying a ton of attention to this match. But um, I don't know. It seemed like Trent. I mean, I don't know. Trent is good at hiding his injuries. Like the stuff he was doing, he didn't come off like he was super hurt to me. Right, I mean, because I mean, he's always like the baby face in peril. Yeah, in these matches, and takes but, a lot of punishment. But I mean, I saw him like hitting like running knee strikes and pile drivers and, and top rope stuff. So. Uh, the springboard uh, tornado DDT. Yeah, so I mean, it's pretty amazing that this guy's like wrestling so hurt, and uh, apparently he has to be pretty hurt from what people are saying to to where they like didn't have enough faith in him to even compete on his own. They needed to have a buffer there, and they brought in the freaking Beer City Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, why didn't they freaking put like Jay Lethal? Like, have Jay Lethal come out? Well, Jay Lethal well, on commentary. Yeah, he's on comment. He was on commentary. Plus, they've got a match coming up. Right, he's already title. has a title match coming up at the Ring of Honor anniversary show. So, with that that being said, uh, this match eventually what ended up happening was, you know, Dalton Castle ended up hitting a bridge, uh, bridging German on Beer City Bruiser and got the one two three. All right, too big to get him up for the banger ring. Yeah, the only thing here with Trent, Trent put on a really good babyface performance. He was, you know, the, the babyface in peril like we talked about. This was not – I thought this match – I didn't think it was going to be blow away, but I thought it would be, like, good, like, considering the talent that was in it. And I was hoping it would be something where we'd get to kind of showcase Trent on a higher level, but he was so hurt it, it didn't end up being all that. 
But I mean, it was okay. It was like a three, three and three and I don't know, like a quarter star match, I guess. Right. And with uh, Trent being hurt, uh, that puts the WrestleCon match in jeopardy with the Golden Lovers versus Best Friends. Yeah. So that's the match that we're anticipating getting uh, for WrestleCon. You know, they made the announcement the other week on Valentine's Day that it's going to be Golden Lovers versus Best Friends, WrestleCon Super Show. And uh, yesterday, Trent uh, sent out a tweet, and he's like, I'm hurt, I'm injured, I'm going home, taking some time off. You're not going to see me for a while. So I don't know if it's just if he's kayfabe us or if he is, like, legit hurt. I mean, that show is, like, five weeks away. So it's – I mean, I guess hypothetically, depending on how bad he's hurt, he could compete. Right. But I am wondering if we're going to be getting that match or not. And if we're not – who will the uh, Golden Lovers wrestle? Very interesting to find that out. So, I mean, I took a look at the WrestleCon uh, list of superstars. I, I've compiled a list of different people that could like replace them. Demolition will be there. <laughs> That's one. Uh, Harlem oh Heat will God. be there. They could wrestle Harlem Heat. The Rock and Roll Express, another legendary tag team. They will be there. <laughs> There's going to be several options. Oh. The Steiner Brothers will be there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, yeah, I mean, they've got some other options. Or, you know, New Japan could just sack up and let them wrestle the Lucha Brothers like we wanted in the first right, place. Right, This is a sign. Dude, who's going to watch WrestleCon Super Show? Like, I mean, let's, let's I don't know, let's say a 1,000 people are there in the crowd. Probably not even that many. Let's say 800 people are going to be there in the crowd. How many people are really watching this on the iPay-Per-View? A few hundred? How many people are going to buy it on DVD? Like, I don't know. Like, is this going to be all over the internet? Not Probably not. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't know why they're afraid to have that match happen because it's not like this is some big event. It's a thousand people in life might ever see this match. So I'm not really sure why they put the veto on that, you know, having them wrestle those guys just because they're, they're from Crash. Right. Especially since New Japan guys wrestle guys from Crash all the time in PWG. It happens all the time. <laughs> so I don't know. And, like, you know, it's not like the Bucks haven't ever gone to wrestle for Crash. You know? Exactly. So it's really weird. I don't know. Well, now we have the main event. It was the Golden Lovers taking on Marty Skrull and Cody. Uh, First tag, regular tag match with the Golden Lovers uh, together again. And, man, the crowd popped big when they got that first tag in. This match was very good. Like, really, really, really good. Um, one of the best matches of February, for, for sure. Yeah. Um, the I thought the, the very beginning of the match was very interesting. How Marty kind of uh, came out and he started talking to Kenny. And he told Kenny, he was like, you know, he's like, this diff, this beef is between you and Cody. That has nothing yeah, to do with it. Yeah, I'm me. not choosing sides, but what's this with you and Coda? Like, we're supposed to be a team, Kenny. Yeah. yeah, he's like, you and me are a team. And then he's like, I haven't chosen sides, but you've clearly chosen him. Right. He's like, you chose him. You hurt the Bullet Club. Right. He's like, what's that about? And I, I like this storytelling because it's very Hogan-esque. I'd be pissed, too, if I was in the Bullet Club and Kenny went back to team with, like, I mean, just think about that. Like... In what world, like, how are they part of the Bullet Club if Kenny is teaming with someone who's not part of the Bullet Club? Like, and he's supposed to be the leader. How does that work? Right. And now he's rocking Golden Lover shirts. And- yeah. So it's like, oh, so, and then he, he told, he told, uh, 
he told Marty, he's like, I've known him for 10 years. And he's like, we're supposed to be a team. He's like, you left me behind. Right. He's like, what, what, what do you, what do you expect? So uh, this was interesting because after that, we saw a whole different side to the interactions between Cody, or I'm sorry, Kenny, Kenny and Marty. Do so hard to call Kenny, Cody, and Kota Ibushi <laughs> that our names all start like with the same sil- like, yeah, syllable. Yeah, enunciation. Syl- yeah, enunciation. I don't know what the word is, but freaking A. Um, but yeah, the, the striking exchanges and everything that they're doing on this night, it was not scientific. They were like, they had bad intentions the whole night. And, um, you know, in the first night we mentioned that Marty was hesitant to breaking the fin- breaking Kenny's fingers. Not on this night. He broke Kenny's fingers. I, yeah, I had someone who doesn't watch wrestling watch that with me. And when she saw that happen, she's like, <laughs> she was like, what? What just happened? <laughs> she's like, did he just break his fingers? And I still, bro, I have no idea how Marty Scroll makes, makes that, that sound. I don't know how he can do it. It's funny. I, walk, I actually saw this match three times, actually. Why did you watch this match three times? Because I watched it the first time and then I showed it to my brother then I watched it the third time at my house when you and Rich came over oh yeah we did watch it the third yeah. time. I fell asleep I was uh, tired so the match was really good though I showed it to my brother and the, the finger break spot he's like he just break his fingers <laughs> and I k-fazed him I was like yeah he really he really broke his fingers <laughs> yeah I mean that's that's one of the craziest things that I don't know how he makes the sound I there's a lot of things I can explain away in wrestling but I don't know how he makes that sound he really breaks the finger shush I, I'm like even right now you guys can't see me but I'm trying to make the noise but I can't <laughs> so it sucks <laughs> And then uh, one of the big spots in this match was uh, the dive. The what are you talking about? The uh, when uh, when Kenny dove onto Cody out into the crowd yes. early in the match. That's not what I was going to say, but that was an interesting spot. Yeah, Cody uh, he took a powder and he went and sat in the crowd, kicked people out of their seats and sat in the crowd. And then uh, Kenny did a springboard dive into onto Cody that was sitting in the crowd. Um, of course, once again, we saw the cross slash, uh, the double golden triangle. Uh, but the big spot I was going to talk about was uh, Cody kissing Kota Ibushi. Oh, yeah, that was free. Yeah, so he was like, get him up. And he's like, I'm going to kiss him. I'm going to steal a kiss. I'm going to steal a kiss. And like, Marty's like, like, what, what the, the heck? Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of weird. And then he, uh, he kissed him. And then uh, Thought Callus was like, uh, Kevin, he ever kiss a man? He's like, no. Why not? <laughs> There was one part where he was like, so he, uh, where Kevin Kelly was like to Don Callis, he was like, so he was like, Kenny's like family to you, right? He's like, he's like a son to me. He's like, what about Kota Ibushi? And he's like, he's family or something like that. And he's like, he's like, he's so talented. He's handsome. He's like, so basically you want to make money off of him. He's like, I don't think in those terms. Yeah. He's like, you see him as an investment. Oh yeah. You see him as an investment. He's like, I don't think in those terms. (laughs) Uh, when did um, when did Cody have that giant botch? Was that night one or night two? Uh, I think it was this match. It was night two. Yeah, Ke- uh, Cody. Yeah, it was this match. So Cody uh, went up and did his like run up the ropes and dive out uh, spot that he does, and he dove to the outside of the ring, but he messed up, man, and he hit the apron with his uh, legs. It looked like he was going for like, a double springboard. He slipped, yeah, or something. And I mean, he hit the freaking apron. His, his shins hit the hardest part of the ring. It was scary, actually. Yeah, it was. And then Marty ran up and he checked on him. He's like. He's okay. 
<laughs> and then eventually Cody got up and it was just like fine. It was like, <laughs> but yeah, this match had a lot of like very very like uh, interesting offense. Um, you saw a lot of like. I saw a lot of stuff from, like, the Golden Lovers that I've never seen before. A lot of their double oh, dude, spots. The um, electric chair into, like, Cody, or Kenny had Mario electric chair, threw him off, and, Co- and Coda kicked him. I actually think that part, that that spot's cool, but they didn't do it well. Like, the kick, he didn't hit him good with the kick because I think uh, uh, Marty. Marty's, like, leg was in the way, so that was weird. Also, the first night, they kept teasing that they were going to hit the... Uh, golden trigger. The golden trigger, the double the double knee, and they didn't hit it the first night. So then that was kind of what this match was built around was, you know, them doing that. Uh, another thing that I thought was really cool was when um, Marty... Uh, I don't remember who he put up, but he put someone up for an electric chair drop, and then... Cody did the drop kick. Yeah, Cody did the, the drop kick, so like a doomsday drop kick device. Well, they did the doomsday drop kick first to Kenny... And then they later they did Dakota, but Dakota laid on his feet. That's right. That was awesome. So there was a lot of action in this match. Um, eventually, I, I do remember that Dakota um, played Ricky Morton for a big portion of the match, and then uh, Kenny eventually got the hot tag. It was running wild on all the Bull Club, all the Elite, right. and then um, at one point Marty ended up getting the upper hand, and he hit him with the. Uh, he ended up getting the chicken wing on on Kenny. Yeah, he had it locked in pretty yeah, yeah. tight. He had it locked in. Um, so and, then, and then Cody locked uh, Coda in his uh, Indian death lock thing. Towards the end, though, one thing I thought was very interesting was uh, Kenny got thrown into the ring and he got countered and then he got put into the crossroads by Marty Skrull. Yeah. Marty Skrull hit him with Ken- with Cody's mo- uh, finishing move and got a near fall, like a really, really close near fall. So I was like, wow. And like, the commentary was like, it wasn't as effective if Cody would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so eventually though, uh, they ended up double teaming uh, Marty Skrull. And then, um, yeah. They ended up um, setting him up for the double knee trigger, and they hit him with the, the golden V trigger, or the golden trigger. Golden trigger. The golden trigger. Oh, man. And uh, the double knee strike, and I mean, it looked really vicious, actually. I actually felt bad for Marty. Yeah. As weird as that sounds, like, I know it's, you know, I know it's wrestling, and I know it's, like, scripted and stuff, but, like, I watch Being the Elite, I see, like, the team that these guys have had, and, you know, in the storyline, like, Marty never wanted this to even happen, and then he kind of got dragged into it, and he ended up eating that, like, vicious double knee for no reason. Like, he didn't do nothing. Right. And uh, they laid him out, and you, when his cell job, as he was walking out of the ring with holding both ice bags and just looking dejected and upset and frustrated, it was actually, like, really good. I really bought into that story. Yeah, and so then the post-match... Um Kenny was cutting a promo, and then out come the Young Bucks. Yeah, so they, you know, Kenny started uh, cutting a promo. He said that he felt like he had peaked in New Japan at one point, and there's nothing for him left to do. And then the opportunity came for him to, you know, fulfill this dream to reteam with Kota Ibushi and show the world what they're capable of. Uh, and he said that they are the best tag team in the world, which cued the Young Bucks to come out. And they said, you know, you guys... They came out immediately. Yeah, you guys came to us in room 710. We made the peace treaty. Like, we were fine. But now we just heard what you said, that you're the best tag team in the world. It's like, no. 
the Young Bucks are the best tag teams in the world. And we're here to announce that my brother and I, we are going up to the heavyweight tag division. And so I guess we'll see you guys around and throw some mic back at his chest. Yeah, so that was that was pretty much it. Like, um, that was like the shocking news to like close out the show. You know, night one we got the the angle where you know Cody eventually came out and was you know pronounced himself as the leader of the Bullet Club and kind of moved that storyline forward. But then going into night two with the big win from uh, the Golden Lovers, we got the the, the dream match stare down between them and. Uh, and the, the young bucks and you know the young bucks are 206 pounds now brother they're heavy they're heavyweights <laughs> so we're going to we've we've talked about this for a few weeks now on the show um you know anticipating their their move up to heavyweight and it's now official and it it appears that we are going to be getting a match between these guys and so this was a great great like cap to night 2 um you know i didn't think supercard i didn't think uh these on a rising shows where I think blow away, you know, we kind of talked about that, that these were good cards. And I mean, you know, there, there's nothing bad on them, but these two main events were both blow away. And I thought the, this main event was like really good. It's like four and a half, four and a quarter. Some, I mean, one yeah. of the best tag matches of February. Yeah. Really good. Really great match. Definitely a candidate for the February match of the month, which we will announce next week on next week's show. But, uh, so next we want to talk about Being the Elite There were two episodes of Being the Elite That have come out since we last recorded uh, The first one um, They were in Australia And we finally saw um, The OG Bullet Club uh, and Kind of what their positioning was In this whole storyline And the Young Bucks pretty much Were trying to like offer a peace offering between um, between themselves and what well, was it was interesting how the like show started where when they were in the uh, the airport how when they finally ran into Kenny and like Kenny was trying to avoid them <laughs> no, it was Cody Cody was trying to get them to avoid Kenny no the, at first though uh, do you remember so this was after they hadn't talked since they hadn't seen each other since the attack during uh, New Beginning. And so this, they, they ran into, at first, uh, Cody was trying to keep them from running into him at the airport. Right. But then they eventually ran into Kenny Omega, and every time they were going one direction, Kenny would be going the other direction, he'd be acting like he, he like didn't see them. Was that this episode? Or was that the episode before? That was like the episode before. Oh, was it? I think, I'm pretty sure. Are you sure? I think so. This one, I think, like... Um, Kenny was just in the airport, like talking. He was like talking to somebody, and, no. Co- and the young boy. Like, I think our flight's this way, and Cody's like, no, 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 no. Our flight's this way. Yeah, K- Kenny or Cody did do that, but then later on they ran. They kept running into Kenny, and I, Kenny I was like avoiding them. I don't think that was this episode. It was this episode okay. because what happened on the episode before that? We watched that episode. I'm blanking right now. They're all like blurring together. Okay, well. Anyways, so they're they're in Australia, and you know, Cody's like off with the Young Bucks doing things, and Co- and Kenny's on his own, and so they're all just, like, you can see that Cody's just like manipulating them to keep them like all apart from one another. Um, but then like Cody was just like feeding into a lot of to everybody's like, um, like what was he saying to like the Bucks? Then what was he saying to like Marty Scurll and all yeah, that? Yeah, so like he was telling uh, the Young Bucks, he was like. 
guys are looking jacked. You guys need to go up the heavyweight. Yeah. And then for Marty was like, Villain Club's the hottest selling shirt. Like, don't just be, be a shirt. Like, start your own Villain Club. Yeah, I liked how he told... Uh, <laughs> he told the Young Bucks, he was like, you guys are looking jacked. How much do you guys weigh right now? You must be at least 206 Six. pounds. Yeah. <laughs> He's and like, you guys aren't juniors. Mars a junior. He buys his clothes at Baby Gap. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you guys are way bigger than him. I mean, you guys are at least 206 pounds, which, <laughs> which is obviously a playoff of like 205 live. Yeah. So like telling them like they're just above the limit. Like they got to obviously be heavyweights at this point. And then when he started, uh, I liked when he went up to Marty and he was like, Marty, what's, what, what is that that you're wearing on your, he's like, it's my bow tie. He's like, what does it say? He's like, oh, it says villain. My, my mom said it on. <laughs> and he starts telling them essentially, you know, like, you know, not to just make the, the villain club a shirt a gimmick like make it like a real sable yeah so he's telling he's telling like Marty to go off and like to recruit and focus on himself and focus on the villain club he's telling the uh, young bucks to go off and kind of focus on their selves and then um, which was very strange and you know stuff with with hangman so you can kind of just see that like Cody is just like sowing discord amongst everybody and then uh, eventually we got to the scene where they're in, um, you know, they're in Australia at one of the shows and the OG Bullet Club's there. So you've got like Tama, Tangaroa, Fale was there. Takahashi. Juicy Gambino. Yep. <laughs> Told you. Apparently, yeah, apparently Juicy Gambino is sometimes part of the Bullet Chase Owens. Chase Owens was there. And uh, they basically, the, the Young Bucks met up with Tama, who Tama is just looking like a pimp. Dude, I want, I wish I had like half the swag that Tama had. <laughs> and uh, they're just talking about like, they're like, you know, we understand that, you know, we can't always be together and that, you know, you guys are over here holding things down in Japan, representing the Bullet Club, doing your own channel, doing your own thing. They're like, but we're just doing the same thing. You know, that's what we're doing in America, too. We represent the Bullet Club. And they're like, we just want you to know there's no beef between us. And that, you know, this beef is just between two individuals, Kenny and Cody, and it has nothing to do with the rest of us. And they're like, we want to know if we're fine. Tama's like, hey, the Bullet Club's fine. Give me a two Too sweet. sweet. <laughs> He's like, uh, you, you know you know, we can't do that. Like, yeah, we, we, we don't do that anymore, but we'll pound it out. <laughs> <laughs> so they pound it out, and then in that moment, like... Uh, Kenny shows up and he's like, "What's going on?" Didn't Cody come first? No, I'm pretty sure Kenny showed up okay. first because when Cody showed up, Kenny's like, "Oh, here he comes, the, the three, three star, star savior." savior. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you know, Cody's like, "What's going on?" He's like, "You guys called a meeting. How can you call a meeting without the leader of the book?" <laughs> he's like, "Only the leader can go on meeting." Right. And um, yeah, so then like Kenny and Cody just get into a shouting match. Everyone is just like, like bewildered at what's going on and they just start going at it and then the next thing you know like Cody picks up a chair slow music hits slow dramatic yeah and everyone is just like and then you just see the young bucks standing there like almost like crying just like trying to like keep yeah. everybody and apart. like Tango uh, Loa was also in the middle too and, and then Tama Tonga just chilling in the back. T- Tama never stood up. He just sat there the whole time, which I thought was like a brilliant piece of like storytelling because yeah. his position on the whole thing, like he doesn't care. Right. <laughs> like he's he's gonna be Tama. He's gonna do what Tama does, and like he's just waiting to see what these guys do. But um, 
the interesting thing was as the uh, as the episode was ending, you saw where a like a trash can was coming towards uh, Nick, and then the 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 show ended. Also, we ended up getting a uh, another vision from Nick Jackson, right? Where. On the vision, he like blacked out and he saw the road. And on the road, it's there was a sign that said Long Beach. One thing that I noticed, and I don't, th- I didn't see a lot of people talking about this, but I, I rewatched this twice because when I when it saw it said Long Beach, I was like, there's got to be more to this. And once I slowed it down and I froze it, you can see that they're on Highway 710, which I was like, ah, there we go. Mm-hmm. And when I started like piecing it together, also like, um, I think on that that was the same episode where Cody had told. Um, Matt, he was like, he was like, did you see that documentary with Kenny? Yeah. And he was like, did you see where he, he said that the Young Bucks are the best junior, junior tag, tag team, team in the world? And he's like, he, he said that? You saw he said junior? He was like, he said junior, like as a descriptor for us. And he was like, I mean, I don't think he meant it like derogatorily. He was just saying that you guys are small. <laughs> <laughs> So that that's what happened on that first episode, and I just want you guys to know. I mean, we can we can talk about it right now since we're we're already like on the subject. Um, you know, so night two of Honor Rising, we got the basically the call out almost essentially from the Young Bucks. But prior to that happening, and I'm gonna what what day is it today? It's the 26th. Yeah. Okay. Still, you'll be hearing this on the 27th, February 21st. In our group, after watching this episode, I went. I on record told everybody. I said we will be getting the Young Bucks versus the Golden Lovers at Long at Strong Style Evolved, St- Strong Style Evolved. Ugh. And um, I was like, I want everybody to know that I made this prediction right now. This is happening, and it was because of this episode. Because once I saw that there was tension between the Bucks and Kenny, Kenny had thrown down Matt at New Beginning. And then they hadn't been talking and then that sort of thing. And then uh, at the end of that episode, when that trash can was coming towards Nick's face, it was clearly coming from Kenny. Right. I, I thought that they're going to play more into that. They didn't really follow up with it. But that plus he saw the vision and on the, in the vision, they're on Highway 710. 10, as in room 710. As in room 710. And, it's, and it shows Long Beach. I was like. Oh man, we're getting the Young Bucks versus. After watching this show and seeing how they built the visions to the future match between Cody and Kenny for so long, I knew that this vision had to be leading. If it says Long Beach, it had to be leading to a match with the Young Bucks, and that was the match that had to be made. And by the time that you're hearing this, obviously this match has already been made, and anyone can go back and just claim that they predicted it. I wish that we'd seen that episode for the last week's episode so I could have. Uh, made this prediction on the air. Right, but we, I'm going to take a screenshot of Josh's prediction from the, th- the group thread and post it on our Twitter, at KI Strong Style, so you guys can see that once again, the young boy has the vision. <laughs> so yeah, so then uh, we got the, the newest episode, it was called Heavyweights. Right, and this was pretty much building to the honorizing show closing promo. Um, this was an interesting episode because... It had literally, like, no, like, we're traveling and doing this and doing that. It was, it was all, all storyline. storyline, yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think, what else happened in that episode? Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, I guess they did talk about the travel a little bit because they were talking about how, like, they traveled from uh, 
Oh yeah, they're all just traveling from, from Australia. Australia. They went home and then they came back yeah. to Japan and they were going to do the Honor Rising shows. But essentially, like the big the big part of it was that they came into the dressing room. They wanted to talk to Kenny and Kotobushi. Right, right, right. Literally, like a few moments before their match started, and they're like, "Kenny, we need to talk to you in private. Can you sit down and talk to us?" And he's like, "Guys, I got a match. Like, I'm about to go to the match. And like, seriously, seriously, we need to talk to you like right now." And then he was like, "Okay." And then like Koda's like, "We gotta go. We gotta yeah, go." Yeah, they're calling us. And then uh, so then they were like pissed because he didn't have time to sit with them. But I mean, come on, they could have picked a better time to talk to this right. dude. Like, where were they the whole rest of the show? Yeah, like they're not. <laughs> in the like, dressing room together but whatever so they get offended and then uh, once he goes out to the match like alright well he's gonna find out soon enough and then uh, you know obviously they do the match Marty gets the golden uh, trigger and then uh, Kenny's out there cutting a promo about how they're the best tag team in the world and then you see it backstage Cody yeah yeah Cody's in their ear and he's like do you hear what he just said no, he's saying that they're the best tag team in the world. Are you, you guys aren't going to let him say that, right? You're not going to let him stand for this. And so then they're like, all right. Let's and then, do this, yeah. He's like, go handle this. They go out there. They do their promo. We already covered it. So then they come back, and they're backstage, and Kenny's like, what was that? You know? Yeah. And they're like, like, why couldn't we talk about this back here? Yeah. Like, we try to talk to you. And he's like, you try to talk to me right before my match? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, what about all the calls? I've been trying to call you guys. You haven't been answering. And we've seen on other episodes where, where Cody declined the call. Cody's deca- declining their calls and trying to run interference. So basically, though, they were like, you know what? This is bullcrap. Kenny, you know, all these years, it's always been about you. It hasn't been about the Bullet Club. It hasn't been about the Young Bucks. It's been about Kenny Omega. Right. He's like, one, like we've second every one of your big matches. When have you ever second one of our matches? Yeah. Like, when did you ever come out to, to, to you know, second us to a match? And they're like, we were there for, for the Okada trilogy. We were there for Long Beach. They're like, when you lost, who carried you? When you won, who celebrated with you? And let me ask you, where was he all this time? Right. And, you know, he says, well, you know, I've known Coda for 10 years. They're like, you've known us for 10 years. And uh, basically they're like, you know, we have to fight. That's what's going to have to happen. Now, I, uh, earlier today I was reading the translation because they cut the rest of the promo after the Young Bucks walked out and said, hey, we're, we're, we're going to do this for ourselves because it's time that the Bucks start thinking about themselves doing something selfish for themselves. Right. Um, Kenny starts speaking in Japanese and then so did Kotobushi. And I read somewhere where someone translated it and Kotobushi's like, what was that all about? And he was like, there's nothing more that we can do. We're going to have to fight them. And that's it. That's what happened on Being the Elite. Yeah. And so we had a lot of questions that come in surrounding, um, you know, this whole Bullet Club storyline. Question from Tom. He says, how are the Young Young Bucks moving up impact the tag divisions, the junior and heavyweight divisions? Uh, well, them leaving the junior division, that's going to um, open up a big hole in that junior tag division. I mean, there already aren't that many teams there. Um, so, like you mentioned earlier, that's why Takahashi and Bushi, when they're probably going to step in there for a little bit, um, they're going to have to do, they're going to have to bring in some more junior teams. Yeah, so, I mean, 
there's nothing more that they really could even do in the junior tag division. I mean, at they're this already point. seven time tag champs. Yeah, and I mean, they were kind of there during like a, a golden era when you had Red Dragon, the Time Splitters, Rapongi Vice, and all these different teams. And a lot of those teams are kind of gone and moved on and done other things at this point. And the Young Bucks have been competing with heavyweight tag teams everywhere except in New Japan. Right. Ring of Honor, PWG, all over the place. Yeah. So, I mean, internationally, like, that's what they do. And it's gotten to a point where it's like, well, what more can they do from a storyline perspective with these guys in the junior tag division unless we want to keep watching them wrestle, which I have no problem watching them wrestle Rapongi 3K. Right. Run it back. Let's do it. But that's not the direction they're going. And at this point, you know, the heavyweight tag division, we talk about how bad it's been for so long. I don't see any way that this doesn't significantly strengthen the heavyweight tag division. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we'll get the Young Bucks in the World Tag League this year. That's going to be great. I love, like, my, probably, like, one of my my two, like, all-time fa- favorite, like, tag teams. Contrary, I know that I, I always get into beefs with Rich about how much I love Legion of Doom, but it's just because, like, they're the best and everybody knows it, and if you don't agree with that, like, you suck, whatever. Um, but in all actuality, from an in-ring standpoint, like, my favorite tag teams are, like, the Rockers and, like, Midnight Express, and the Young Bucks getting to wrestle the heavyweights in New Japan just so much reminds me of like the rockers like early or i'm sorry like late 80s early 90s run where they're like wrestling like powers of pain and you know uh, warlord and like you know all those guys just like the the twin towers and i think that that's kind of the deck like the sort of situation we're gonna see with uh the young bucks coming in like they're gonna be wrestling like can you imagine them wrestling like Killer Elite Squad? Oh man, it's it's, <laughs> it's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, this is kind of like what we were talking about. I mean, we've been saying like, man, it's just merge the junior and heavyweight tag divisions. Well, at least we're getting the Young Bucks now in the heavyweight tag division. Especially, I mean, we lost War Machine to the E. Yeah. So uh, um, having the Young Bucks there would be it's gonna be a great thing for this division. Especially since it seems like they're leaning more towards like being faces and they kind of have to be if they're going to go to the heavyweight because they got to get sympathy because of their size I mean they could be sniveling heels but they're almost so small I mean they, let's let's not make any bones about it they're small they're really small like they they truly are but I mean seeing them go up against like the, the tag teams like I mean I'm sure we're going to see them going up against like Ishii and like um, Yato and Evil know, and Sonata yeah, LIJ and these different tag teams yeah. that they have I'm sure we're going to see them going up against Tenkozy, that sort of thing. So, I mean, I'm very excited for it. Um, I think that, not to say that, like, the junior tag division's in a healthy spot. I don't think any tag division in New Japan's ever, like, in a great spot, but they've got enough guys to where they can kind of keep things rolling in the junior division. They don't necessarily need the Young Bucks to propel that. But, I mean, that's awesome seeing, like, I can't wait for them to have an uh, IWGP heavyweight tag run. Yeah, it's I think good. I think it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Um, question from Rance. He says, "What does Kenny being put back with Coda mean for his future as a singles top guy?" Well, um, we can kind of make mention of this. So you know, the New Japan Cup brackets have come out. We're gonna talk about them a little bit later here. But one huge key notable omission is Kenny Omega is not gonna be in the New Japan Cup this year. 
And you kind of sh- you read those uh, statements he made with Tokyo Sports, right? Right. Let me see if I could. I still have that on my phone. Well, he essentially. Uh, yeah, I have it say? here. So Kenny says, um, I don't want to disappoint the fans. I think there's a battle that I must focus on first. I have to prepare to fight with my friends. In the Bullet Club, where Kenny resigned as a leader, the uh, announcements arose not long after Cody Rhodes joined the faction. And with Golden Lovers being revived, the inter- internal Bullet Club conflict involving other members continues. In addition to Golden Lovers' con- confrontation with the Young Bucks, that strong style evolved on March 25th. Kenny Omega vs. Cody fight at uh, Supercardo Honor on April 7th in New Orleans. Um, let's see. Kenny says, Of course, it's not that I don't want to challenge for a singles belt, but it's because Bullet Club's problems has to be solved first. For now, I have to put off the chance of a championship challenge, including the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, and give priority to the battle in the Bullet Club. So, I mean, essentially at this point, what Kenny is basically saying is that right now he can't divide his attention between trying to be the champion of New Japan and trying to be the leader of the Bullet Club or settle the dispute that he has between himself and and Cody and the issue that, you know, focusing on his team teammate and his, uh, you know, the future of his team as part of a member of the Golden Lovers right now, basically. Um... I don't see Kenny being a singles guy right now. Right. Um, And we had another question that just came in on Reddit from the user Gentle Manly Dragon. And he asked, does Omega ever become the IWGP champion or never gets it, leaves the company? So his question, he says, my question refers to whether you think it will happen and if you two personally want it to happen. Um, I also wanted to say I just discovered your show and about two weeks ago, but I'm already a fan looking forward to this week's episode. Nice, man. Who was that? Uh, Gentlemanly Dragon. Gentlemanly Dragon. I'm getting like a man crush right now. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling so flattered. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... What were your thoughts on like his future as a as like a singles um, guy? Here's the thing, like you're getting tired, man. I know. Here's the thing, like I think uh, Kenny, like we've talked about this before, whether or not he's going to leave New Japan. You think he's going to leave this at the end of this year? Why are you blowing up my spot? Did I say that on the show before? Yes, you did. You've mentioned it like several times. I do. Well, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I, and it's becoming more and more like. Uh, more pronounced the more that this storyline's progressing I'm really feeling that way personally at this moment I don't think he's gonna leave just that he's the kind of guy that just wants like so much creative freedom he's not gonna get that in WWE I think he's gonna be in New Japan for a little bit longer um I'm not sure I mean I look back and I'm like man AJ Styles got an IWGP title run I would think that if Kenny stays that he would get one Personally, I would want that to happen. I'm a big Kenny Omega fan. I love Kenny. Big mark for the V-Trigger. Like, I would love to see him have a IWGP title run. Um, it re- I mean, it all really depends on if he's going to stay or go. Yeah, so, I mean, you have to think of the complexion of New Japan. So, where could he potentially get a title shot? Okay, he could, hypothetically, if he'd been in the New Japan Cup, that would then you got Sakura Genesis. Once the current Genesis is out of the way, where is he going to get a title shot? It's either going to be Dominion, mm-hmm. King of Pro Wrestling, 
or he has to win the G1. Or he's got to win the G1 and, and challenge at Wrestle Kingdom, and that's about it. It's, or if he's in the same block as Okada, if he beats Okada but loses in the finals, he can possibly get a title shot at, at King, King of Pro Wrestling. Wrestling yeah. Right. So those are like the only places. Now, it's not that the title doesn't get defended other place, other times of the year, but I mean, for Okada and, and Omega to wrestle again, it's got to be at King of Pro Wrestling or Dominion or at Wrestle Kingdom. Those are the only three shows for the rest of the year that he could possibly defend at or, you know, challenge. Is it? I mean, is it feasible that he could challenge at Dominion or King of Pro Wrestling this year? Yeah, 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 yeah. it totally is. However, I'm going to say this. This is my prediction. I could be wrong here. I don't think with the storyline that they're doing that he is going to get a, a title opportunity. I think him and Okada are going to stay away from any, each other. I think we are never getting another Okada Omega match. I think we're going to get that trilogy. And that's it. And that's it. And I think at this point, um, I mean, we don't even know if Okada will still be champion by that point anyways. So who knows? Maybe we will get another non-title match between them. But um, I think that this is a year-long program. I think the reason that there's so much creative, like, like emphasis between being the elite, between their Twitter handles and their YouTube videos and, you know, what they're doing with their backstage promos and then the angles they're cutting and then the matches they're having. I mean, this is like, this is a masterwork that they're putting together that they've been thinking about and working on for a very, very long time. Right. And I think that it's leading to an eventual breakup between Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega and that down the line we will get a... a Wrestle Kingdom main event between the two of them, and I think Kotobushi's going over. I think what Kenny wants to do is put his friend over and make him a, make him a made man in New Japan on the level that like he never has been. He's just been right at that cusp, and he's never been made. Right. I think Kenny wants to make him, and I think Kenny's going to go into that feud as the heel. And c- could Kenny stick around? Yes, but I think Kenny's gone. I think after this year, he's done everything there is to do. And I think if he's... He hasn't won the IWGP title. He's never won the IWGP title, but I don't think that that's what matters to him. I don't think it's about saying, I held the title. I think it's about being, I am the forefront and the future of this company. I'm the draw. I am the best guy. I am the star. And they're never going to go with him. And I think it's starting to become become apparent that they're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And since they're not going to do that, there's nothing left for him. It's like a CM Punk situation, sort of. Right. At this point. So, um, you know, the question that, um, you know, that we were posed was like, basically what he said. He said, um, you know, do we, will he ever become IWGP champion? If he does, great. I, Kenny Omega is one of my favorite all-time wrestlers. I, I want him to be champion. I wanted him to beat Okada at, you know, Wrestle Kingdom. It just didn't happen. But um, I don't even know if he's going to get another shot personally. Between now and the, you know, if he now if he sticks around, sure, he pro- he probably could be. Um, he's one of their biggest stars, but I just don't think it's going to happen at this yeah. point. That's how I'm feeling. Like a, six months ago, I would not be saying this, but that's just how I feel right now with the way that their their schedule and everything lines up. Right. So, great question. Must say, we we both want it. We'd be down with it, but. We don't know if it's going to happen. Now, I will throw this little wrinkle into there. If there was a tag team of two guys that could go off and still maintain their singles runs and then still be a, a top tag team, if there ever was a tag team like that, Golden Lovers is that tag team. Right. So could Kenny still maintain his single status and Coda also do the same thing throughout the year? Yeah, I absolutely think they could. 
But there's got to be a confrontation between them at some point. Right. There just has to be. That's what this is building to. That's all, yeah, because, I mean, they've said they want something special for their match. If it ever happens, yeah. Right, so. And they're going to kill each other when that happens. Yeah. (laughs) All right, next question. Another question from Rance. He says, is Bullet Club over? Everybody is fractioned except the Tongans and Owens and Tokyo Pimp. Bullet Club is fine, Rance. <laughs> Rance, the Bullet Club is fine. Um, but, I mean, we've talked about this. I don't think the Bullet Club... As it's progressing, where do you think it's going? Like, I right mean, where we sit now. There's going to be some kind of split, but I think the Bullet Club brand is too over and too money-making for them to just completely drop it. Yeah. Even if the Young Bucks and Omega are not in the Bullet Club anymore... That brand is still, like, a recognizable brand, and it's built to the point where, like, people will still buy Bullet Club merch even though those guys aren't in it. Yeah. And um, so I don't think the brand or the faction the Bullet Club will go away. However, there is going to be some kind of divide. Um, With the Young young Bucks being more babyface, they're probably gone. Um, Kenny Mega being more babyface, he's probably gone. Um... It's probably it's probably gonna go back to being a mainly heel faction um, with like the OG Bullet Club guys. Yeah, May- maybe Cody um, still around in there. I think um, I think I think that the elite is leaving the Bullet Club. Uh, that seems crazy, and I know like the thing I've struggled the most with is the marketability, like this money making machine, and how how much money they've made off of this brand and pushed it forward. But the more that this storyline goes forward, and the more that things, it seems like Cody is pushing for uh, you know Marty to go off and to become him his own guy and to become the villain. Right. And he actually posted something on Twitter that was kind of cryptic the other day. Uh, it was a picture of him getting the double V trigger or the double knee strike and the golden trigger. The golden trigger. I don't really like that name, the golden trigger. To be honest with you, it sounds weird. It's like a golden shower. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I don't like it. But uh, <laughs> but he said, you know, he's like, I didn't ask for this. You know, I never asked to be in this. Basically, and I'm kind of paraphrasing. But he said, what makes a villain? And he started talking about being a villain. And I'm like, uh, he's going full villain. He's going to become the Marty that I know from Progress and that I know from Rev Pro. And like, we're going to get to see the real Marty come come into New Japan um, Hangman obviously is trying his darndest to make a name for himself and to strike out as a singles guy right. and at whatever cost it takes obviously Cody is like basically destroying the bull club you know the, the Young Bucks have talked about doing something selfish for themselves and then you got Kenny over here doing his thing with uh, Kota Bushi. Bushi that just tells me that however this shakes out I think they're all gone I think all of them are leaving the Bullet Club. Now, I think being the elite as a show and a brand will continue. I don't know if we'll continually see the elite as a team all the time or anything right. like that. I mean, there'll probably be different storylines with those characters. I think, yeah, because at this point, if you're watching the show, you're getting a lot of cast members as part of the show, like Flip Gordon and Joey. What's, what's Flip doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious on the last episode. He was like, oh yeah, on the last episode, Marty was like, he's like, I left for one week and you guys are all fighting and now my he's like look at my hair it's graying and they're like it's not graying and then he like takes off his hat he's like it's freaking gray I'm 29 years old <laughs> and like uh hangman's just looking I'm like what the crap he's like and what's flip Gordon doing here I was like what the freak is flip 
even doing here? And then uh, at one point, like Flip Gordon is like staring at the Tokyo Dome, and he's like, "I want to, I want to wrestle there one day." They're like, "Yeah, Flip, maybe one day you'll get to wrestle there." Yeah. And then uh, Cody walks up. He's like, "Flip, you're never gonna wrestle in the Tokyo Dome." He's like, "The Earth is round, you idiot." Oh yeah, no, he goes, and you're not booked for all in. Yeah, and the Earth is round, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but um, with that being said, I think that. Being the elite as a show will continue. Right. I think that they've got money behind that brand and that name. But I think that this is the swan song for what we call the North American Bullet Club. Right. I mean, that also kind of plays into the next question. Rich asks, would you agree that uh, Cody Rhodes was being brought in, was brought in to this as the exit strategy for Omega and the Bucks? I don't know if originally that's what the intention was. I think more like the intention was, hey, this is a really marketable, like, you know, ex-WWE guy, and we can mutually benefit from him being part of this. But once they started, because they didn't start using him as part of being the elite for a while after he, like, joined the Bullet Club and all that. But once they did, it became very clear very quickly that he was the antagonist of the show. Right. And I I just went on a binge myself where I hadn't watched all the Being the Elite, but I've watched every episode now, and I am all caught up. I know about how they killed Adam Cole. (laughs) I know all the inside jokes, FTR. I know it all. And I will tell you this, that the show got so much better once he got there because he is the villain of the show. He's yeah, the, he's great. He's great on that show. I've got this like theory that I don't know if they'll ever pay it pay it off, but I think like oh something. What were you gonna say? Go ahead. I'll remember. Finish your thought. I have this theory that like maybe Cody was sent by WWE to destroy the Bullet Club. I know that's like some far out booking and stuff, but like I remember an episode where Kenny Omega got like drunk on uh, non alcoholic beer. Yeah. And he started screaming. He was like, I know it was Stardust. Stardust <laughs> is working with the stew. <laughs> and like he was drunken and all that, but he started like kind of alluding to the idea that like Cody might have got sent by the Stooge and WWE. And the more that I'm seeing how he's interacting, I know he wants to be quote unquote the leader. And I asked you this before, but I'm like starting to think like, Maybe his end game the whole time is just to destroy this thing. Yeah, that's very possible. And maybe like maybe one day like if I was booking it, I would book the story where like he turns around and he's like, I destroyed it all, and I got all your money, and I got all I got all all the like recognition and like notoriety based off of what you guys built, and then I destroyed it, and I'm going back to WWE. Right. I I use this to make money, and now I'm going back a bigger star, and you guys can squander here on the Indies. <laughs> That would be great. I think that's kind of like... I don't know if they'll go exactly that way, but that's like the vibe I get from this whole thing. Uh, one thing real quick I want to... Um, on, on, on a rising, Cody was wearing a branded shirt. Yeah, he ripped the branded shirt. <laughs> that was so funny. If you guys don't know the, what branded is, you have to check out Being the Elite. It's so funny. All right, next question from Theo. He says... He's got two questions. Yeah, we've seen what the Bucks can do with larger opponents like War Machine and the other guys that fit that bill for heavyweight. How do you see their booking going forward? Um, Well, I mean, they're... Rock and Roll Express, brother. They already got their first win as a heavyweight against Juice and uh, Dave Finley. Um... I see them. I mean, they got. They'll pro- I don't know who. I don't know what the anniversary cards are looking like. I mean, the um, the, the uh, New, New Japan, Japan Cup. Cup card. I don't know if they're going to be on those shows or not. Well, we don't know with what's going to happen with Evil and Sonata, but provided that they're still champions, they're going to need other challengers. And there's not. I mean, right now, 
who are the tag teams in New Japan? You got G.O.D. Mm-hmm. You got Killer Elite Squad. You got, I guess, the Chaos guys, the L.I.J. guys, and that's about it. And then you got, like, uh, you know, what's-their-faces, like, um, Tenkozy. Those are, like, the established teams. I mean, Kojima's out for who knows. He's out for a while. You've got the G.O.D. off we, doing we, the six-man we, tag. We could have had best friends, but Beretta's going to be Beretta's out. Beretta's gone. So, I mean, there's there are, like, established teams, but they're all kind of scattered. New Japan does a good job every once in a while just throwing guys together randomly, and they can do that, but... I mean, it's not a super deep division right now, so I would not be surprised if by Dominion we're getting a title shot from, uh, you know, from the Bullet Club or right. from, uh, from Young, the Young Bucks. Bucks. Yeah. Plus, like, like I've said, I see them being like, a, dude, these guys are. are if you if anyone who like talks about these guys just being spot monkeys, you're clearly not watching the modern product because freaking the young bucks are having southern style tag wrestling matches in new japan it is awesome yeah they're out here selling like crazy they're selling they're doing like the southern style getting that shine on them they're, like, that they're, heat. Like, they're doing like all the, the stuff that the Re- revival does but on a more athletic le- level like right. i love it so like yeah i see them being like modern day like rockers modern day like rock and roll express or like the fantastics like i think them going up against the big guys is gonna be awesome all right, and then his second question. Um, I've always been behind Tanga. Uh, I think it means ta- like yeah, Tama. Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa, and Fale being the true Bullet Club. Do you see respect coming for Tama Tonga, who has held down the Bullet Club to finally take over? I don't know. Uh, I mean, this is one of these interesting things. A lot of people have been asking like about... Can Tama Tonga take over the Bullet Club? Like, what their role is in this whole thing. Right. And, I mean, I think he can. He has the potential to be um, a top guy and to be the next leader of the Bullet Club. I don't know if they're going to go in that direction. Um, I mean, we've they've started to be a little bit more outspoken about the, you know, the OG Bullet Club. And Tama Tonga's always, I mean, we've seen from last year, Tama Tonga's always about the Bullet Club. He doesn't care about the elite and one school and the war between Kenny and Cody. He's about the Bullet Club. I think ultimately, you know, the blow-off to the whole thing with, like, Kenny and Cody, provided that they don't extend it out, it's going to, you know, blow off in April at Supercard of Honor. They've already said, basically, that they're not going to follow a loser. So let's say Kenny wins. I think Kenny's done with the Bullet Club, so and I think Kenny's winning this feud as well. Obviously, he's the babyface. So with that being said, there's no way they're going to follow Cody, especially since Cody's like hardly in New Japan anyways. I think that it could be a situation where they pretend like they're going to have Cody's back. I don't think we're going to get a feud between Tom and Tonga and him, but I think they're going to beat him out. And they're going to exile him from the Bullet Club once everything's said and done, just like they've done to all the other leaders in the past. <laughs> and, yeah, I think Tamatonga will be considered the leader of the Bullet Club for all intents and purposes, unless they bring someone else in. I don't know. That being said, I don't know if, like, when people say, like, respect, I mean, I don't know. Like, Tama's pretty over in Japan as it is. So it's, I think it's more like North American fans who don't necessarily see him as, like, right. you know, a top guy. But um, I think that this year will be a good year for him in the G1. And I think that if he is put in the position of a leader, they'll have to push him. They'll have to because they want to keep selling them shirts, brother. They want to keep selling that merch. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, he's going to have to step up. Now, whether he can or can't is yet to be seen. But um, it'll fall on him. I think the opportunity is there. 
All right, Josh. Um, we've had the participants come out for this year's New Japan Cup single elimination tournament. The winner gets a uh, title shot of their choosing. So on the top bracket, we have uh, Big Mike, Michael Elgin taking on Tomohiro Ishii, Juice Robinson taking on Yujiro Takahashi, the ace, the ace is back, Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on the newly heavyweight uh, wrestler Taichi, and then we got the underboss, Bad Luck Fale against Lance Archer. On the bottom side of the bracket, we have Yoshihashi taking on Kota Ibushi, uh, Tetsuya Naito taking on Zack Sabre Jr., Toru Yano taking on Davy Boy Smith Jr., and Chucky T replacing Beretta, taking on Sonata. Yeah, so we've got the New Japan Cup brackets. They did the um, the press conference last night. And just a couple things out here that are just super shocking to me is like, I did not expect to see Hiroshi Tanahashi back this early. Like, not at all. And I think we talked about like how great it would be if he were to be in this because... Uh, there have been people that have speculated, well, could he go on and challenge uh, Okada? But I did not think he'd be in this tournament. I mean, dude, honestly, like, well, you know, we've been talking about this. Like, if he, is, he, is he even going to be at WrestleMania weekend at Super Card of Honor? Like, is he going to make – and Rev Pro, is he going to make his Mania bookings? He's like, been saying he is, though. Right. And, um, I mean, the bicep injury, he just refuses – I mean – it's one of those things that he didn't get surgery on it, so it's never going to be 100%. And he well, he has been off um, the last couple tours, but still, like... Yeah, I mean, we're going to do a full, like, breakdown of what's going to happen here, but I'm telling you right now, like, the the match that I am most excited well, about... Which that leads into uh, Tom's question. He said, okay. which, <laughs> which potential New Japan Cup match are you most excited for? Oh. So there you go. Well, I don't know what most potential match I'm most excited for, to be honest with you. Like, I haven't I haven't actually done, like, brackets in my head and thought... Like, well, based, based off the opening rounds. Yeah, on, on the opening round, there's an easy answer. I mean, it takes just one second of even looking at this, and I, I have my answer right away. Michael Elgin against Tomohiro Ishii. Oh, my God, bro. That's the Haas match, baby. Bro, that match that they had at the G1 two years ago is so good oh my god if you guys haven't seen it um go out of your way go on new japan world and look up michael elgin versus tomohiro ishii it is one of the most insane hoss matches you will ever see in new japan history caleb turn off impact for a second (laughs) and go look up this ishii match yeah you yeah you asked me the other day the other day what was so great about tomohiro ishii watch the elgin match and i'm telling you right now that these two guys together this was actually the match i hoped would uh headline the finals of the u.s title tournament last year Mm -hmm. so they've kept them away from each other for like two years now and i am so 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 excited to see elgin and ishii what about you Honestly, based off the first round, that's the same match for me. I mean, there's no other. For, oh, actually, yeah, the Naito Zack yeah. Saber Jr. Yeah. could be really, really good. I don't think we've ever seen Naito and Zack Saber Jr. wrestle. We haven't. That's that could be really good. I, however, I still think I'm more into the Ishii Elgin match. 
besides that, I mean, there's nothing really else that sort of like stand out to me in the first round. Um, I mean, Tanahashi and Tai Chi could be good if Tai Chi decides he wants to wrestle. And then, depending how healthy Tanahashi is. Yeah. I mean, we're going to do a full breakdown of these, um, you know, these brackets. But I will say here that, like, you know, in the A bracket, I think probably Ishii and Tanahashi are, like, the two favorites. So, the the fact that we might get that matchup is very exciting. That, that should be great if it happens. And then, I'm guessing... I don't know, Kotobushi and Naito are in the same bracket, but I'm going to say, like, probably Naito's favored there. And then I don't know who he would go up against in the... Uh, the finals. The, the semifinals. Probably Sonata. Maybe a, maybe a Naito. Which we kind of talked about, like, the whole the Naito and Sonata need to face off. Maybe a Naito and Sonata. So that that could be very, very, very good. So, I mean, there's a lot of pro- possibilities here. We're going to have to spend more time analyzing this. I know I am. But, yeah, this... Yeah. I will yeah. say the brackets look weird, though, this year. Yeah. They're really strange. And we, we had one more New Japan Cup question from uh, Kyle Morris. He says, is Chucky e. T being included in the New Japan Cup another short-term thing, or will we be seeing more of him and hopefully the best friends in New Japan? Well, I don't know. Well, Kyle, you know, <laughs> you've heard of my now. We've touched on it several times on this show that uh, Trent Beretta, he is suffering from the torn bicep and the torn pec. He's going to be out for a while, so unfortunately, we're not going to be seeing best friends anytime soon, um, unless you know Trent wants to pull out Tanahashi and work hurt. Um, and also, I'm, I think this is a, a short-term thing for right now because originally this was supposed to be Beretta in the tournament, and so they're using Chucky T as a replacement. So I don't think. Uh, I mean, if Chucky Chucky e. T could can impress in this tournament, and maybe you know kind of takes the rest of Beretta's bookings for the year that could happen um, but I don't think their original intent was for Chucky e. T to be full time yeah so I mean at this point um, I mean I don't know I don't know if we're gonna like I don't know if like we can expect to see like um, Chucky e. T you know going forward like full time you know with that being said though a lot of the guys in New Japan are not like Signed to New Japan. A majority of the time, a lot of the workers that they have work like contracted deals and work tours, things like that. Like a lot of the guys are freelancers already to begin with. There's very few guys that are like signed full time, anyways. Right. So I mean, he had a great showing in the uh, tag league. Um, you know, he was on this honor rising, and he's coming in. And I think that this is kind of like this is probably gonna be like a tryout for him, if if nothing else. And hey, hats off to the guy because. Chuck Taylor's been, you know, on the indies for years without any kind of like major notoriety, and he's an he, he's so smooth in the ring. Every time I see him, I'm like, wow, this guy's so good. So yeah, I'm excited to see him there. I don't know how far he'll go. I'm he'll probably be out like in the first round. Yeah, he's yeah. probably gonna go he's out going in the first, Sonata. Yeah, he's probably gonna yeah. go out in the first round. But you know, the New Japan Cup always has a lot of upset victories, and it's really hard to predict. So that being said, yeah, I hope I hope we do see Chucky e. T going forward. Right. All right, let's move on to uh, Strong Style Evolved. Uh, we now have three matches official for that show. We already know that we had uh, Rey Mysterio versus Jushin Thunder Liger announced. And uh, now we know that uh, Hangman Page will be challenging Jay White for the IWGP United States Championship. And also, we now have official the Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks. 
and it's very surprising that they're doing this match at the uh, Strong Style Evolve when they, this match could have been done in a bigger building. Which match? The Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks. I'm not surprised by that at all. I mean, I'm not surprised that they're doing it in America. I'm surprised by it. I mean, that match could draw. Like, Well, here's the thing, though. And I mean, other people have made this point, and I've thought about it. Like, yes, drawing a house is important. But at the same time, like, that's not all that's there. They also have to draw, like, a television audience and things like that. Right. And so, I mean, you know, Mark Cuban, when he paid for this <laughs> this event, you know, I'm sure that they're intending for this to be part – you know, if they're going to expand into America and draw people to tune in to access and tune in internationally to watch it on New Japan and, and to get subscriptions, it's fine that they already sold out the house. But they you can't just put on a crap card just because you already sold out the house. You and you know what I mean? Like you have to put something there. And I think that this is like the perfect match actually to do that. Um I don't think I don't see like Golden Lovers versus Young Bucks being something that they're gonna headline like a Dominion show or something of that nature with. Right. So I think that this actually is like the perfect place to put it. Especially if we don't ultimately getting if we ultimately don't end up getting the uh, Naito and Jericho type match, you know what I mean? Right. So I think it's a great move because they they have to draw subscriptions. They got to draw television ratings. Yeah, we had a question from Reddit user IV five two seven seven, and he asked us for strong style evolve predictions, but I'm not sure if we want to get into that until we get clo- a little bit closer to the show. I mean, predictions for what's going to happen right now. I mean, I don't have any predictions for what's going to be on the card. It's really hard to tell what's going to be on this card. I mean, right. uh, these three matches, I I thought for sure we probably... I, f- I feel like at some points in New Japan, it, it's easy to see what they're going to do. But other times, I feel like it's hard to see what they're going to do. Well, with the U.S. show, it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we're going to see some Ring of Honor type talent headlined on this show just like we did last year I'm sure we're gonna get a lot of multi-man matches just like we did last year uh i'm guessing that we're probably still gonna get some sort of other title matches whether it's the never belt or the icy belt i don't know if okada is gonna be defending the belt right before uh you know right before sakura genesis right but with that being said did last year right but when, when, but they would Long Beach shows were it was, in, it was in, in the July. summer. Yeah, it was before Dominion. Right, right. It was right. a little bit before Dominion. So I mean, he could if there's the right story going into it. That's another thing that we did not make mention of is uh, night or Okada's not going to be in the New Japan Cup like we thought. Like he made speculation. Hey, it's of. one of those things again. Like we were saying, like yeah, they have the freedom to say whatever they want, but sometimes that's not good. <laughs> yeah, they don't end up doing it. So um, yeah, I don't really know what's going to end up happening. I'm guessing we're going to get a lot of multi multi man matches hopefully we get some big singles matches and stories going into this i want to see naito there uh you know i want to see tanahashi there if he's healthy okada but i don't know what to expect right i really don't <laughs> and, and we'll have better idea when we get closer to that show and we'll have full predictions um when that's about to come out and then also he had another follow-up question asking what's next for Naito besides hopefully fighting Chris Jericho. Well, we know that Naito's uh, facing Tai Chi at the anniversary show, and now we see that Naito is going to be in the New Japan Cup, uh, facing off against uh, Zack Sabre Jr. in the opening round. Uh, I mean, I think Naito is a heavy favorite for winning the New Japan Cup. 
Uh, if he wins, he's he's winning the title. Yeah. He's got to. I think earlier in the year that was my prediction, but then it kind of went away because the, the whole Jericho thing. And so I was like, all right, well, you know, with, with the whole Jericho situation, if that's what's going to happen at Strong Style Evolved, then I'm kind of not going to go in the direction of Naito winning. But if if he, he could easily go into Sumo Hall and end up facing Okada, and I think that he could take the title of Okada at that point. I, that would be a great way to tell that story of redemption, of him coming back, especially with the guys that are in his block. Um, yeah, but with that being said, I don't really know what they're going to do with Naito. I mean, who who does know? <laughs> right, I mean, I would never... If you would ask me what is Naito doing after Wrestle Kingdom, I would have not said um, facing off against Yoshihashi and Taichi. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he actually had some comments recently where he was kind of questioning uh, the build of his booking, basically, to Tokyo Sports. And he was like, you know, why am I wrestling Yoshihashi, who I've got no respect for? He's like, Taichi, I've got a little bit of respect for. He's like, but why didn't they have those guys fight each other and let me wrestle someone that was, like, notable right. instead of putting me in these crappy feuds, basically? So, I mean, that even, even Naito doesn't really like the direction that his character is going in right now. But, yeah, I don't know what they have for him. Um, I think he's going to win one of these tournaments this year. Yeah, I mean... I, if it's not the New Japan Cup... Or he's winning G1. I think he's going to win one of these tournaments this year. So, I mean, that's that's what's next. I will tell you this. I do think Naito is going to win the title sometime between now and Wrestle Kingdom. Whether it's at Wrestle Kingdom or whether it's at Dominion or Sakura Genesis, I don't know. But I do think he's going to be the guy to unseat Okada. I absolutely think that. And if it's not him, I'll actually be shocked. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that happens or if they go with somebody else. Um, and so recently, the uh, the guys they just wrapped up their Australia tour. It's one of the most successful, like out of uh, Japan tours they've done. Multi night tour. Uh, yeah, they were in uh, Perth, Adelaide, Adelaide um, Melbourne, and somewhere else. Yeah, I forget. But they, um, the only show that they said like didn't do so well was the first night in Adelaide. I think that they said that they drew like a thousand or something like that. Right, and it was like a ten thousand seat building, I think. Yeah, but they, um, they did an incredible merch. But then on the next night, they 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 essentially sold out the. Night two and night three. Uh, from what I understand, night three, they were about 300 tickets shy of selling out. And then um, on the final night, night four, they filled up about 80% of a 3,000 uh, seat building. So for them, this was their first like major tour like for New Japan in Australia. And from all like the indications of what they like, what they've uh, reported, the officials in New Japan were extremely happy with the results of this uh, tour. Yeah, and they're definitely uh, already planning on going back sometime, maybe again even this year. Definitely again next year. Um, these shows. Yeah, they said they're definitely going back. Yeah, um, these shows are going to be on New Japan World at some point. We don't know if it's going to be the full shows or just the main events or what it's going to be. But Kevin Kelly and Don Cows will be doing. Uh, will be dubbing over. Well, I don't know if they are or not. That was the thing. I was looking into it, and it they, there's definitely um, you know like commentary that's being added but I don't know if it's English or not I mean I'm I'm for sure they're gonna do Japanese commentary right 
But I would assume because it's Australia, if they're trying to appeal to Australian fans, they, they probably want to do English commentary. Right. Um, but with that being said, I also heard that, like, the guys from TMDK were, like, the stars of the show this past weekend and that they, like, really ran the angle between them and Bullet Club and that, like, it was, like, really drawing. Wow. Um, and that several of those guys are, like, getting looked at to be potentially brought into New Japan in the, in the future going forward and then uh, that the door is open for a lot of different talent from uh, New Japan to go back to Australia right. and to continue the feud between uh, TMDK and, and then Bullet Club. Yeah, and then there's uh, – oh, man, I forget the one uh, – there's a couple guys that were, like, really big standouts that they were talking about that, like, New Japan was, like, really uh, – Robbie Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, they were saying, like, Robbie Eagles, that's a guy that might potentially have a shot at, like, being in Best of the Super Juniors this year. What about uh, Juicy Gino Gambino? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they were, like, very impressed. And then they were saying that they did something, like, close to, like, 200000 in, like uh, – what was it merch merch sales or something like yeah. that so i mean this was a big tour for them the only thing i wonder is like with them running their standard tours that they do in new japan how can they like if they keep doing tours like this overseas as well like let's say hypothetically because i mean i think if they do this in america they will do big business I'm, I'm sure that they would do the same numbers or more if they did a multi-city tour in the u.s but i mean you have to be careful like burning out your talent yeah, they're going to get them on that WWE schedule eventually. They're going to have to do something because if they keep like running these international expansion tours, I mean, they're going to have to do something to either expand the roster or do something because, I mean, that's tough, man. Like right. They were talking about like getting on planes four, four nights every night, flying there, flying back. Like they, That's crazy. That's rough. But yeah, so we will be checking out those matches when they get uploaded. Yep, keeping you the coverage here. Also want to give you an update on one half of the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Evil. Um, he's out with an injury. Um, he broke his orbital bone. Yeah, broke his orbital bone. Same like there's a lot of orbital bone injuries recently. You know, Brian Kendrick is currently out with that. Is he? Yeah. Um, uh, Hideo Tommy GTS them a little too hard. Oh, that's right. Um, Didn't they outlaw that after that? Uh, I don't know. I haven't. Well, Hideo, he lost against Roderick Strong after that, so I'm mm. not sure. Gotcha. Um, but so yeah, Evil's out with the orbital bone injury. I don't know why you're talking about those bumpskis, anyways. <laughs> um, they mentioned on commentary on Honor Rising that they were not stripping Evil of an Sonata of the championship. That's very strange. Because that's not what New Japan usually does. We've seen guys, like, just get... Like, I remember Makabe, he, like, got the flu one year, and they took the <laughs> took the title off of Oh, him. you're sick? Give me that belt. But the thing is, is, like, one thing that was interesting, they didn't have any scheduled title defenses. Right. So that's, the, that's like, probably, the, like, the one saving grace. Um, they did change the anniversary show to where it was originally going to be a tag match between uh, Sonata and Evil against Yoshihashi. And who was it? Goto. Which we thought was kind of weird because we thought that they're kind of like building up the match between them and uh, Ishii and Yano. Yano. And so I guess in a way, not that we want Evil to be hurt, but it kind of works out. Because <laughs> they don't have to do that weird tag match anymore. Because right. now we're getting Yoshihashi and Sonata on the anniversary show, which that it is what it is. And uh, Hiroki Goto has now uh, been changed 
I think he's going to be in a multi-man match on that sh- on that show at that point. So, yeah, we got to change to the anniversary card. And do we have another question there? Yeah, we have a couple more questions here. Um, this comes from Howard. He asked, um, after the war with LIJ finishes, what's next for Okada and the members of Chaos? Rule in the world, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Chaos wins. Chaos LOL. Wins. They got the uh, booker on their team, brother. Okada wins. LOL. I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know. You know, we've. I think the, the big thing that, like, the two big stories that most people are, like, really paying attention to when it comes to uh, Chaos is, like, Okada's title reign and what's going on with Jay White. Right. And then, obviously, they're heating up Ishii and Yano for a tag title match. I think that they're going to lose that, though. Yeah, but, I mean, they're still... That's going on right now. They're heating them up. Uh, I think it's just, like, busy work stuff to do, you yeah, know? Keep Go- busy. Goto's probably going to hold an ever title the majority of this year. I don't know about that. I don't have any faith in Goto. <laughs> I really don't. Like, hey, he's got a little title run that's going, like, great. Like, I'm ready to see, like... I'm ready to see, like, Zack Sabre Jr. come break his arm off and... <laughs> <laughs> Take that never belt. That puny guy. Give it to me. <laughs> Let me in there. Let me in there. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, going forward, I think that the biggest thing with, with chaos is, you know, the idea of, like, the, the infighting that is being teased and, like, the fact that right. uh, Jay White is, like, kind of sowing his own little bit of discord. And so, I mean, that's that's kind of the running storyline. I think that's – I don't think it's so much about cha- who does Chaos fight. I think it's like how does Chaos survive this cancer that's been added to them, which is Jay White. Right. So, I mean, eventually – I mean, we're already seeing Bullet Club fall apart. I mean, Chaos could be the next stable to fall apart. You've got Osprey and, and uh, Okada going at it in the next uh, – you know, match and it doesn't feel like a friendly exhibition match. It feels like they're like Osprey's got a chip on his shoulder. He's out to prove something. Right. You got Okada like kind of turning into a like a di- a dil <laughs> dick in real a life. Dick in real life. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's why he likes the best friends. That's why he's wearing them pants. <laughs> <laughs> Only a douche would wear those pants. Oh um, with that being said, yeah, like I don't know, like obviously Jay White has aspirations to win the title and he's kind of pushing go like he's kind of made mention of like why doesn't Goto or Yoshihashi or or uh Ishii like challenge for the belt and I think that's the direction we're gonna see and yeah I'm not sure what's gonna happen but uh I think it's not so much about them dominating LIJ but just how do they survive all the discord that's coming their way with Jay White right uh, next question from Reddit user Unwave Guide. He asks, "Will Taka ever get to do a Michinoku driver in 2018?" Is that even a story? <laughs> I, I honestly I haven't really paid attention. I haven't even like thought. In, like in these multi-man matches, have they been like teasing like Taka trying to hit the Michinoku driver and he doesn't get it? Like I haven't noticed. No, I don't know, know if it's like a sarcastic question or. Of course, it's a sarcastic question. Or, I speak sarcasm fluently. This could be a big Taka Michinoku fan. I love Taka Michinoku. So do I. I don't know. I'm. <laughs> yeah, let's just say yeah. He's gonna hit the Michinoku driver this year. Okay. Uh, next question. It's gonna be glorious. <laughs> Uh, next question from Undoubtedly Dean on Reddit. He said, if we have any early G1 predictions. Uh, yeah, uh, Naito. Yes, yeah, you going Naito? I don't know. That's what I felt like all year. Yeah. I feel like he's going to go back to back. 
back to back. I mean, I I can't really see anybody else really. I mean, it's either going to be Naito or Okada. I would think it could be Okada. Like at one point, I thought that uh, what I thought was going to happen. This was a while back. I thought Okada was going to win the belt. Or, I'm sorry, Naito was going to win the belt. Drop it to Kenny. Kenny would go into the dome and lose it to Okada, who would win it in the G1. But now I'm like starting to feel like, man, Naito or like Okada's holding this belt till Wrestle Kingdom next year. Forever. Forever. Uh, and I kind of think like right now, because I don't know what's going to happen with the New Japan Cup, I think Naito's like my, he's my favorite to win both tournaments. But he's not going to win both tournaments. He's going to win one, one or the, the other, other. One or the other. Right. And so it's too early to say. But if you want my early, early G one prediction, like if I mean it's only freaking March, and you want my <laughs> you want my August prediction, I'm going to say Naito. I guess. Yeah. Uh, don't hold me to it because it's too early. But if you want my early prediction, mark this day, February 27th. <laughs> Josh Smith said that Naito is winning the G one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be awesome if you're right, though. No, whatever. People are going to tweet me. You didn't fucking know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like, bro, it was February. But, yo, pull up the audio. Like, who's making G1 predictions out here? Like, they're Nostradamus. Like, I don't know. You are. What's your early G1 prediction? Dude, I have no. No, make an early G1 prediction. Just do it. I'm going to go Okada. Okay. All right. So you heard it right here. Okada. You heard it first. Okada's winning the G1. February 27th. Jeremy Donovan says the Okada is winning the G1. Okada's winning the G1 as the champion. Put that on the dirt. <laughs> put that on the dirt sheet. Support that. All right. Um, last question here comes from uh, Legible Toe762. He says uh, Sumo Hall, Sakura Genesis, and King of Pro Wrestling, and Budokan Hall, the three G1 uh, final nights predictions for the year. In regards to the main events there, I think those are the ones that are most interesting. And the Dome, why not? So, man, we're getting people to ask. They want our predictions. Yeah, like, like early predictions. Super early, man. Um, trying to get us to say stuff that we probably shouldn't be saying. Um, so he wants to know, like, who... who let me see here. He wants the main events Sak- for of Sakura, Genesis Sakura Genesis and King of Pro Wrestling. Wrestling. And then he wants and to know the what G- the, the... The A block finals, the B block finals, and the overall finals. You want me to book the territory, brother? <laughs> You want me to book the whole year out? I don't know. For real? <laughs> For real? My God. Uh, I literally don't know what you want me to, like, predict here. Like, okay, Sakura... I don't All right, know. Sakura Genesis. So, obviously, the winner of the New Japan Cup. Here's what I think is going to happen. At Sakura Genesis, the winner of the New Japan Cup is going to wrestle the IWGP champion at King of Pro Wrestling. I think whoever beat the champion in a singles match at the G1 is going to wrestle the IWGP champion for the for the title there. Uh, Budokan, I think that the winners, the the, the two top... Uh, the the two, A block and the B block. The two top A block and B block point leaders are going to face off and uh, face for the winner. And then uh, the final <laughs> night of the G1, uh, the winners of those matches are going to face each other. How about that? And then the winner of the G1 will go on to Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, and whoever wins, they're going to go to the Wrestle Kingdom. And why do you say, and the dome, why not? I think, like he said, like, add, give us your dome predictions, why not? Oh, you know what I thought he was asking was, like, why why are they doing these matches in, uh, in these small arenas? Uh, I misread that okay oh and the dome uh the IWGP champion's gonna challenge it's gonna fight he's gonna face the winner of the G1 (laughs) (laughs) 
We're not making fun of your 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 pick. It's just it's so early, Dude, man. It's super early, man. I mean, I already told you. I think that Kenny and I think Kenny is gonna uh, end up facing uh, Kota Ibushi, yeah. and I think that we'll get Okada. And I'll say this: I think I, Okada and Naito are gonna headline again. I think the Young Bucks will be in the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Title Match at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think that they'll win the uh, World Tag League this year. Yeah. All right, cool. What else we got? Is uh, it? It's my turn. Yeah, it's my time to <laughs> my shine. Time. <laughs> Yo, I, I used to love that version. So did I, dude. <laughs> so we've already kind of covered it, but uh, we've got the live events going on in March. So February is wrapping up here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Children of all ages. <laughs> so on March 6th, we're getting uh, the New Japan Anniversary Show, which we've already given the rundown. We are super excited for that. We're going to be covering that on the next show, right? Yeah. Awesome. So uh, that is going to have English commentary. March 9th, the first night of the New Japan Cup, we will be getting English commentary. We're getting New Japan Cup uh, matches or nights on March 9th, March 10th, 11th, 12th, excuse me, 12th, 14th, 15th, 16th, 18th, and the finals on the 21st. All the nights are going to be multi-camera with full commentary. We're getting English commentary in the last four nights of the New Japan uh, Cup this year, which is insane. And um, for the first, uh, I believe, for the first, like, um, however many nights, I forgot how many it was, but we're getting, um, the the way they're breaking it down is like night one, they're going to do two matches from the A block. Uh, night two, they're going to do two matches from another block. Night three, the same, same on and so forth. So we're getting multiple, um, tournament matches each night of the freaking New Japan Cup. So we're getting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine total shows. Five of them with English commentary. They're doing way more English commentary this year than I ever thought we were going to be getting. Kevin Kelly getting paid. Yeah. And this is insane. March 21st, so a week later, on March 26th, we're getting Strong Style Vive. Strong Strong Style Evolved. It's getting late, ladies and gentlemen. In Long Beach. That's a Monday? March 26th. Is that a... That's a Monday? We're watching this on a Monday? I think in Japan, maybe it's a Monday. Hold on. Like, that's kind of crazy. Anyways. Uh, and well, then, yeah. March 26th is a Monday. Wow. So, yeah. But that doesn't seem right, though. Yo, it's the Monday Night Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, four days later, we're getting Sakura Genesis. So... Bro, March is stacked. Dude. We've got nine New Japan Cup shows. We got the anniversary show. That's ten shows. Strong Style Evolved, Genesis. That's okay. It's uh, March twenty fifth in America, so uh, it's a Sunday night. Yeah, it's a Sunday night in America. Still, we got twelve shows to cover. Plus, we got these Australia show tours. Uh, so yeah, March is gonna be jam packed. Yeah. Um, aside from that. Let's see what we got here in the news for you guys. So um, earlier this week, Kenny Omega came out, uh, or actually Chris Jericho came out on social media, and he announced that part of the uh, Jericho Rock and Wrestling Cruise, they have officially uh, announced and signed Kenny, the oh, not the cleaner, but oh, Kenny, the, the best bout, bout machine, machine, Omega. Yo, I'm trying to go on this Jericho Cruise, man. <laughs> Bro, are we going on the cruise or what, man? I don't know. 
Come on, man. I don't know if I can get time off for work. Come on, man. Let's <laughs> go on the cruise. But yeah, so Kenny Omega is officially going to be on the cruise. I assume he's going to be competing. I don't know if he's going to be competing in the uh, uh, Tournament of Honor, but he will definitely be on the cruise. So, I mean, yeah, if you ever wanted to hang out with Kenny Omega, might want to go on this cruise. Um, earlier this week, the Honor Club officially launched and just in time because they've got the 16th anniversary show coming up. So that is really awesome. I did do a little bit of digging into Honor Club and I was able to find out that they do not, in fact, have the entire uh, Ring of Honor like library and catalog there. They are going to have all the television shows going back to HDNet. Oh, dude, I used to love the HDNet show. Yeah, so every every single television show going back from HDNet till now is going to be on there. And then they do have select shows, but they don't have all the classic matches. And so for me, right now, it's a maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Because essentially, like, you get... Um, for what you would pay for a year is basically what what would cost you to pay for four pay-per-views. And they did about eight of them last year. So you're basically getting four for free plus everything else if you if you buy the four. That's the way I look at it. Right. Essentially. And there's uh, three matches booked for the anniversary show right now. Big matches, too. We have the uh, a one-on-one match between Cody and Matt Taven. Uh, the ROH World Tag Titles will be on the line. The Motor City Machine Guns taking on the Briscoes. And then the main event is for the ROH World Title. Dalton Castle defends against Jay Lethal. Nice. And just a couple other things to run down. We actually... I thought this show was going to be super long, but I think we're about to wrap it up. Wrap it up. So, Sakura Genesis tickets have just recently gone on sale. Um, they made uh, mention of this on the New Japan website. Uh, they did say that there is a select amount of international tickets. So, if you're in the U.S. or any of our other international listeners and you want to uh, attend Sakura Genesis um, in... I believe it's in... What Osaka? Uh, it's in, it's at Sumo Hall. I'm not sure. Dang it! That's why we need a producer on this show. <laughs> we need one so bad to keep things like in in uh in order for us. But anyways, if you want to attend that show, they have those tickets. You just have to go to the website, which is njpw1972.com, um, and they actually have the link there where you can buy those tickets. They will sell out. Like, I guarantee you, they sold out last year with how hot this company is. Those tickets are going to go fast, and there's only a limited amount if you are international. So uh, be sure to check those out. Uh, Oh, today, Monday, it is Monday, February the 26th, they uh, released the free match of the week, which is the match from RevPro Global Wars UK uh, 2015, the match between Okada and Will Ospreay. Pretty much the match that got Osprey signed. And that's a very highly rated match. I've seen usually what I see floated around somewhere around four and a half to four and three quarters. So, I mean, that is a very, very good match. And it's free. It's on YouTube. It's on NJPW World. Be sure to check that out. If you want to watch free good wrestling this week, go watch that. If you want to watch something crappy, I don't know. We, we were at the – we watched Elimination Chamber last night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple other things. So Kenny Omega tweeted out earlier this week um, 
I actually read this. So there was a tweet that he retweeted and it, it, it had to deal with the history of the Golden Lovers. Um, someone uh, did an in, like, in-depth, thorough analysis of their entire history, kind of running down like from the genesis of the meeting to the feuds that they had to their breakup leading up to their reunion. If you want to understand like the Japanese backstory and you know what this is all about, because maybe some of you are just like, hey, I like Kenny. Hey, I like Coda. But what's the deal? They used to tag. That's all you know. There's a lot more to it. I actually read this uh, thread and Kenny Omega thought it was good enough to where he retweeted it and said, hey, if you want to understand what's going on, here you go. So if you follow Kenny Omega on Twitter, you've probably seen this already, but be sure to check that out. Uh, It's a really, really, really good read. Um, Another thing, Kenny Omega is no longer going under the name The Cleaner. That's right. The best bout machine. Yeah, so I don't like this name. <laughs> I mean, Kenny is the best bout machine, but there's no nuance to that at all. I know it, I it sounds like a WWE like nickname that they would have came up with. The big dog. <laughs> He's the best bout machine, damn it. <laughs> Goddamn pal. Cleaner. What does that mean? Clean what? No. He's the best bout machine. Goddamn. I miss Brumega. <laughs> Do you remember Brumega? I miss. See, I like Kenny the Cleaner because there's nuance to that. I understand like there's there's a gimmick to that. There's no gimmick to I'm I have the best matches. Like, wait, you should just call yourself like, oh, I'm Kenny Bret Hart Omega. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you mean uh, Kenny Shawn Michaels? Whatever. Omega? I go out there and I have the best match every night. Okay. <laughs> what is what? That's not a gimmick, Kenny. The gimmick is a V trigger. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah. So, uh, but. Officially, do not call this man the cleaner. He will not take too kindly Doesn't to mean it. I mean, I have to get rid of my cleaner shirt. If you are wearing cleaner shirts, you Damn need to it. get rid of those. Just like you need to get rid of your two sweet shirts and all of your uh, your freaking. I don't even know what this. What is the wolf pack like? The two sweet. Yeah. The two sweet. Yeah, you gotta get rid of all your two well, sweet. Well, there is a twenty percent off on uh, pro wrestling tees. This I saw week. that. So go ahead and get you that Team Kenny shirt. Do not buy a Team Kenny shirt. <laughs> Oh, my God. Let's talk about the level of finesse. These guys are out here selling. (laughs) These guys are out here selling a Team Kenny and a Team Cody shirt. Are you freaking kidding me? You know what else they're selling? They're selling the Bullet Club is fine shirts. Are you kidding me? That is not. People have talked about like, oh, the Bullet Club jumping the shark and stuff like that. And I don't really agree with it. I'm like, you know, they're doing their thing. But you know what really jumps the shark? Selling some substandard merch. These guys are getting desperate. They're like, we could put anything on a shirt and sell it. And us marks will buy them. Don't freaking buy that, bro. Like, that's a terrible idea. All right. All right. I guess I buy a Golden Lover shirt. I, I don't even know if you should buy that. I wonder how long this Golden Lovers reunion is even going to last. I get them all they're hot. This though. is like Y2AJ. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to last. Oh, my God. Uh, in other Bullet Club news, um, the Young Bucks have had some uh, comments in the like media. They talked earlier this week about how they, w- they would love to wrestle the Usos and that it's like a dream opponent for them, which it's a dream opponent for me, too. I think that match would be freaking awesome. Um, But aside from that, um, Gallows, who is currently wrestling in uh, WWE, he's a former member of the Bullet Club. For those of you that don't know, if you're like a new new time fan, he mentioned, you know, that he thinks that the Bucks owe it to themselves to at least one day come to the WWE. And I also saw uh, comments where Shawn Michaels made mention in the media that he thought that they need to come to the WWE as well as Kenny Omega. 
basically saying that, hey, these guys can ply their trade, you know, on the indies and internationally and make all the money in the world and, you know, kind of run their own business. But ultimately, you know, they deserve to show their craft on the biggest stage to the biggest audience that is out there. What are your thoughts on that? Say that one more time. Are you falling asleep, man? No, I'm not falling asleep. I was just just that like Gallows and like Shawn Michaels think that like the Bucks need to eventually come to WWE and like be on the big stage. Yeah, I mean, I know we all at times we can hate on WWE, but here's the thing: at the end of the day, they're the biggest promotion for professional wrestling out there, and there's so much money and there's so much more popularity that you get when you go to WWE. I mean, that's where the best come to really, truly shine. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think the Young Bucks, they're at that level. Like, they deserve to be seen by millions and millions and millions of fans. They deserve to wrestle at a 100,000 seat WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, They deserve that. And I definitely think at some point in their career, they should con- seriously consider wrestling for WWE. Fook WWE! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, in other news, uh, the, the Young Bucks also had some comments. They were talking about Strong Style involved in that, how when they had been talking to the New Japan offices, that they had been pushing for them to do the show in a bigger building. We've even talked about that. So that they wanted to uh, wrestle in a, a bigger on a bigger stage in North America. I mean, it, right. it, clearly they could have easily sold out a bigger building. So, uh, you know, New Japan is being very conservative in their expansion. That's just the way they've Which, always been. I mean, part partially you can't blame them for that. I mean, I mean a little bit you can. I right. mean, they could have really done bigger business for sure. But I see what you're saying. Like you know, they're a conservative company. I mean, it's, it's kind of that thing like where like Japanese wrestlers they come here they don't realize like how over they are. Like maybe New Japan officials don't realize how over. Hey. This is the same company that I think that they probably don't get it half the when it comes to North America a little bit. I'm not knocking them, but I mean, it's the same company that booked Hiroshi Tanahashi to wrestle Billy Gunn in the main. Right, right, year. right. Freaking Billy Gunn, <laughs> the badass Billy Gunn got a freaking IWGP IC title match, <laughs> and it was not good. Are you kidding me? Um, the last couple things here. So Flip Gordon uh, did it. Flip. Flip. <laughs> Who I also believe, I think we're going to see him at Strong Style Evolved most likely. But not All In, though. He's definitely not booked on All He's In. He's not booked for Even All In. Even though he already came out with a graphic saying Flip Gordon's All In, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they did an interview uh, on ESPN on him earlier this week. If you haven't gotten a chance, you should definitely check that out. Did you read that? I did not. I know uh, Rich sent it to us. I didn't get a chance to read all of it yet. Yeah, Rich said it was good. So, I mean, if you want to check that out, they talked about him leaving uh, the army and, you know, defending the country to, uh, you know, work kayfabe. So, (laughs) and to do flips. So, that was cool. Last couple things here. Um, Earlier this week, well, actually, so... Last week, Matt Jackson was talking about his travel schedule, and he was talking about, you know, flying from Adelaide to Perth to Melbourne to, you know, this this place and that and the other, and then, you know, flying to Japan, flying home, and then CM Punk commented, and he was like, try running a marathon after you do that, and then talk to me, and then he said, why don't we run one together in September? <laughs> 
We all know that the All In show is going to be running in right. September. So kind of a little tease there. And then um, CM Punk. Uh, commented on Twitter. He said, a lot of people are asking me if I'm quote unquote in. Right. And then he put dot, 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 half. What do you think that means? I don't know. I feel like there was more to that tweet. I think that he was like trolling. I think he that. is. I think he is trolling. I think he, well, they're saying he's going to have a fight coming up against Mike Jackson. Right. In the UFC. But I think it's just going to, I'm pretty sure it's going to be his last fight ever. So I'm like starting to think like maybe he's coming back. Either way, CM Punk's still a master worker and he's working us all. I'll let him work me. I don't care <laughs> if it means that like I can put some uh, like right. Okay, so this is this is what the real thing is. I knew that there was more to this. What do you say? So that it's not all in half. That's like one out of two tweets. Because the oh. second tweet he tweeted out and everybody in Chicago Cubs. Thing. Gotcha. Two I, out of two. Oh, I read that incorrectly. See, I'm not. This is why you can't trust me because I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> I don't understand how Twitter works, bro. Oh, oh my god, man. you got work, bro. <laughs> well, one thing I didn't get worked on was the Supercar of Honor tickets because we bought them early. Nice segue. And yeah, I'm a master segwayer salesman all day. Anyway, so we're gonna be at the. Uh, Oh, and in other news, if you guys are fans of this show, um, we are five weeks away from WrestleMania weekend, and me and the shooter, Jeremy Donovan, we are going to be in New Orleans. We are going to be catching all the best shows that all the New Japan talent is going to be at. All right. We're going to be at the WrestleCon Super Show. We're going to be at Rev Pro, WWN Super Show, Super Card of Honor. So, so we're going to be at all the shows that, you know... The, the talent of New Japan is going to be uh, performing as well as other guys. Like, we're going to be seeing Daisuke Sakamoto, other top we're gonna indie talent. We're going to be seeing Ishii. Yeah, we're going to see Ishii. Suzuki. Abushi. Uh, so we're. Yeah, and uh, we haven't really figured out what our game plan is going to be for coverage during that week. We are going to cover it, though. Yeah, that- we're, we're going to cover it. We just don't know. We might do, like, a bonus episode that weekend, like, live from New Orleans. We're going to let you guys know who went over, who got worked, what the good matches were. We're going to tell you. We might even meet and rub elbows with a couple of the stars. Yeah, I'm bringing my uh, portable recorder. Hopefully, we can, like, get a little... I'm, I'm interviews in. Not me. I'm going out there. I'm like, hey guys, you want to go get drinks? We're gonna do hot like sake bombs. Like it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my but anyway, so the cool news is we already bought our tickets for Supercar of Honor months ago before we even knew what the car was. Bro, gonna that, be. We bought them was like like November. All we knew was that Omega was gonna be there and, and the Ace was gonna be there, and that's all it took to get, basically get us in. Plus NXT was sold out. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, the cool news is that uh, we've had speculation about how big this show is going to be. They have now officially announced that they are right at capacity. I might be rounding up a little bit, but they're right at about 5,000 tickets sold for this show. And they're set up for about what we suggested. They're around like 6,500 or around... 6,000. So the biggest ROH show in history. Yeah, they only did like 3,200 or 3,500 last year. So they've already, this is going to be the double last year. Yeah. Pretty much. This is going to be one of the the highest attended uh, Ring of Honor shows. Well, for sure it's the highest attended Ring of Honor shows, but it's going to be one of the highest attended non WWE shows in North America in years. Like it's going to be right up there with, uh, with like TNA's like biggest houses they've ever done. And I mean, this is one of the like you hear that Caleb bigger than TNA yeah for sure I mean it's, it's gonna be one of the top five biggest attended shows 
outside of WWE in the last 18 years. And so we got awesome tickets. We're going to be there. If you haven't got your tickets, they are going quick. They did say that last year around this time, the ratio of tickets sold to tickets available was about the same. And by the time that uh, the show actually came, people were getting turned away at the door because they sold out. So if you haven't got your tickets yet, you get them nosebleeds, brother, because they're going to sell out. I fully believe that at this point with the type of card that they're doing, I mean, Kenny's a draw. Cody's a draw. They're going to sell out. Right. So we're going to be there. And we are super, super excited. What do we got coming up next week, basically? So next week, we're going to um, be having our coverage, the beginning coverage of the our anniversary show. Okay. Because that's, what, March 6th? Yeah, and there's only two more days left in this month. Right. So, yeah. So actually, our show next week is the same day as the anniversary show. Oh, wow. So we'll probably just have a little bit more preview for the anniversary show. Oh, wow. We've got time to do a fun show. You're right. We've never had time to do a fun <laughs> show before. Oh, uh, this is going to be awesome. So, yeah, we'll have something fun planned for you guys on that March 6th episode, and then the next week we'll give you a full review of the anniversary show, and then New Japan Cup's going to be kicked off then, too, so we'll be covering New Japan Cup pretty much the rest of March, along with Strong Style Evolved. Um, so, yeah. That's what's going to be coming up. Also, oh yeah, we'll be also be naming the February wrestler of the month and the February match of the month next week. And if you guys got input on that, send it to us. We're not going to take too much stock into it, but we like to hear from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, so I think that's going to wrap the show up. So please continue to support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on your favorite podcasting app. Check out socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com forward slash subscribe. Sign up to get all the podcasts and columns directly to your email inbox. You can follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at KI Strong Style. I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan. You can follow Social Suplex at Social Suplex. On Facebook, we're facebook.com forward slash Social Suplex. You can join the Social Suplex's exclusive membership group, the Wrestling Squared Circle, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Wrestling Squared Circle. Be sure to check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, including One Nation Radio, One Nation Live, the SMC Wrestling Podcast, and the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show from Scotland. So until next time, goodbye and good night. Bang! It's nothing more than Kenny Omega's rat. Oh, Jesus. We have a saying on being the elite. Bullet Club is fine. And I'll add one more thing. Bullet Club is mine. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 